0: Patience, my friend. are you?
1: <laughs> this station is being brought to you via Nullsoft
2: Shoutcast Streaming Technology. For more information, visit shoutcast. Shoutcast.com. Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums, over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the Internet, TheForce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. Wars
3: StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, Convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound.
4: Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective Forums, and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple net.ca.
2: transmissions.
0: Communications disruption can mean only one thing. Here they come.
1: The coordinates have to mean it's pulling us in.
5: You may
6: fire when ready.
1: Commence primary ignition.
7: Um, and Ad- welcome Ad- to Star Wars and the voice of Star Wars fandom, ladies and gentlemen. We are here today. Me, Sebastian. Really? Yes. You. Brian. And another producer. Hey. That's like Danny. Yes. Your name is your name's Hey now. No,
8: he was Danny yesterday.
7: Yeah, yeah. Daddy
5: yesterday. Gordon said, "Daddy, what do you want?" <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> I was like, "Well, you know, <laughs> what <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to say is." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really
8: Danny. Sir? You're <laughs> not really like a Jean Couture ad? If you're not, really. Oh, no, like the Jean
7: Couture thing. <laughs> it's like, yes, sir, you see, I did like something in my throat, and you have to see it. It's an ad on TV, and I'm I don't want to th- explain it because we have no time for this because tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're actually interviewing none other than the creative Prince Shizor. Yeah. Steve Berry, And of Black Sun, and. It's actually sensational. Okay. Yeah. Uh, station ID liner. It's like welcome to Star Wars on Direct, isn't it? <laughs>
8: the voice of Star Wars fandom, yeah.
7: Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we are very, very, very tired because we just had like a very nice but that weekend.
5: expected. Nice. And weekend. Yes. <laughs> Shut some of some
8: of you, I think Zeltex was there when we were live from the convention.
7: Yes, I think Zeltex showed up like yesterday. So, um, what are we going to be talking about today, guy? About Revenge of the Sith teaser trailer.
0: uh uh-huh. And
7: uh-huh. the teaser poster. No. Or not? we talked no, about we it talked on about the about last thing. time. On the French's was because... It that's was it. <laughs> no point talking about it again. <laughs> Been there, done that. Didn't get a t-shirt because I didn't want it. <laughs> And Of course, we'll be interviewing Steve Perry later in the show. Of course, we'll have the usual Aper Space segment, the Star Wars miscellaneous news. Did he came up with a new name now for that? No, no. So but not. you
5: know, you know the reason why you didn't get the T-shirt. Why? Because you don't live in the States. And The only offerings is from Star Wars Shop.
7: That's probably it. You know, I couldn't. That's I could handle like reasons. custom and shipping and handling charges. So and the taxes. We will have also our community update.
8: We 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 will have some uh, a rant about that
7: somewhere. Maybe not today, but. At some point. At some point, <laughs> before Christmas, before people do their Christmas shopping on yeah, StarWarsShop.com. Probably Shop. on the next show. And now, my friend Kefirstel is going to tell you how you can contact
5: us. You can reach us by email by emailing the address StarStudio at SWENDirect.com. You can contact us by MSN Messenger by adding the user dot at Hotmail.com. Oh wow, man,
7: getting you late. I'm not doing you good. <laughs>
5: Um. What the hell is that? It's
7: uh, the
5: light.
8: It's no, the no, light. but the, the, the It's the, the light. The... Oh,
5: okay. I get it
7: now. Okay. So we go back to it. Yeah, like, so I, uh, if you
5: go to our website, which is www.swendirect.com, you will get links to the chat room, which you can join us right now in. You get web, the uh, link to a webcam. We also have a special webcam page for people yeah. in the chat. This yep. was
7: made for uh, For this weekend's convention Yeah And uh, we're actually Broadcasting tonight With uh, Star Wars on Direct Cam And what is right now The Mouse Cam <laughs> Mouse
8: sexy And we see your Revenge of the Sith
5: Did you And then We also have A news group That you can join On the website A mailing list a mailing list So That's it
7: There you go so of course uh, uh, Don't
5: forget to send us Your telephone numbers By email So we can call you Or by, or mes- by MSN Messenger
7: Amazon. Like people like Zeltic That we know actually have MSN Messenger They can actually contact us And say I I want to do my report tonight Because I went at this Really cool convention And I've got stuff to say And we're going to be Calling you guys And uh, <laughs> You're, you're good
4: <gonna laughs> uh, This okay. is
7: really disturbing and uh yeah it's a, just folks don't uh don't worry too much about stuff like us going off the air for a few minutes because we're still experiencing with the uh new under road equipment this weekend it served us really well there was really no problem so uh it, it looks like the the riding passed away. like the field <laughs> the, the, the 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 10 yard line <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's it Of course, uh, if something happens Stay on the air We'll be right back And um, right now we're actually going to review Like a very nice movie called The Incredibles
5: Yes Go ahead, Well,
7: oh, I have to start first yes, you
5: do. Okay, I worked 30 I have to have something to beat
7: I worked like for 34 hours straight And then I decided Hey, what the hell I'm still going to go see the Star Wars trailer And you know that movie The Incredibles afterward Who cares if I fall asleep it, it's not going to be that bad of a deal Well, I got out of the movie with really, really wet eyes Because I just couldn't close them all the way through It was such a funny and hilarious movie One of Pixar's best, best? work thus far And uh, it, I just loved it yeah. It was, all the, the story was great uh, The context was great The characters were great and uh, hopefully uh, in a couple of months I'll be just as fit as Mr. Mr. Incredible
8: mm. 15 years later?
7: No <laughs> Like after he trained No, the what's the story, later. the
5: basic story? Well, the story is that You've got a whole bunch of superheroes running around Saving the day, keeping the world The city, the state, the country, whatever, safe One day Mr. Incredible saves someone Who jumped off the building and tried to kill himself well, saving him, he broke his neck. And he sued. And he sued Mr. Incredible, which was represented by the government. And then all the people that were in the train, one of the trains that he had to save, sued him as well. So the government had to take the superheroes out of, Commit-
8: uh, commission. Out of
5: commission. And they all go into like the Witness Protection Agency. Yeah. Um, With
8: new identity.
5: Yeah. Exactly, and new jobs and... So when you meet Mr. Incredible 15 years later, he's working in a dead-end job in an his, insurance, your, your insurance company <laughs> where he can't help anyone for he has to refuse people on a daily basis. So at this point... He's
8: going out you know, on, bowling on, night, right,
5: on, on bowling night. On bowling night, he goes out with one of his old friends. Yeah. Frozone. Frozone who is Sam Jackson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
5: and he goes wonderfully yeah. and so they, they they go out and they save the day you know by you listening to the police scanner, scanner. <laughs> so one day Mr. Incredible when he gets he's brought to his boss's office and his boss he's talking with his boss and he knows he's about to get fired he sees out of the window that some guy is getting mugged so he's like I'll be right back I'm just gonna go help him but his boss tells, says no sit down and treats him like a dog Anyway He throws him through a few walls Half a dozen He fired yeah. He gets fired But he doesn't tell his wife
8: w- Who is also a superhero He's Also a
5: superhero Now that you get to meet his kids Who is He has uh, A daughter right. Okay, a daughter, daughter they, Violet They
7: basically think Fantastic Four yeah. Exactly With a mix Between Justice League of America
0: And
5: Yeah Yeah yeah. So Mr. Incredible the, the mar- is super strong. Yeah. Last uh, his wife, Elastigirl, yeah. is like Mr. Incredible. Uh, or Mr. Mr. Fantastic. Yeah.
7: yeah. He's Richard.
5: Reed. Yeah, Richard Reed Richards. Got yeah, that young boy with he's like, like Flash. Like the Flash. He's yeah. called Dash. Dash. Uh, and Violet is uh, the Invisible Girl. Yeah. And their son, their, There's their, a their baby, Jack. Jack. Yeah, I know I don't correctly. know what his powers are exactly. He looks like everything. Him. Yeah. You he's know. like a he can
8: gonna steal a a monster, or... We just see at the end of
5: the movie.
6: Anyway. So, he gets
5: gets recruited into fighting this big monster, this big robot. And he does, and he gets money, and everything's perfect. And he goes to get his suit redesigned, and he's all happy. He goes back for another assignment.
8: But he doesn't know... But he
5: doesn't know that it's a trap. Yeah. Set by one of his... By a fan former of his, fan, a former fan who's gotten psychopath and he's yeah. designing weapons. So he's, he's using
8: Mister g- Incredible to test his weapon. Yes,
5: and he's killed a bunch of different superheroes yeah. in front. process. Anyway, it turns out that Elastigirl goes to save him with her kids, yeah. and they f- they beat him. Um, and Frozone comes in, and it's just like help them, yeah. And at the end, they resume their. They become the new the Credibles team, mm-hmm. and they fight crime. Yeah, yeah. that's about it. The and return
8: of the superhero. Yeah. And there's a cool scene like a, uh, a pursuit in the in the woods. It's like the speeder bike chase in, in New Hope. Yeah, you know the, the same camera angles, and you go under a log. The same, uh the same way, which is bent the same way yeah. at the same angle.
5: But the best reference for me, personally, is at the end. The excavator.
8: The excavator? At the end, then, 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 end.
5: When they're just coming out of the, the track field meet, and they're in the parking lot, and the big machine comes out of the ground, and I am the excavator, blah, blah, blah. That's directly from Fantastic Four. Oh. The Mole Man. Okay. At the end of their first adventure, things are what happens exactly at the end, the Mole Man pops up. And you're, I didn't and did that, and that's ex- that's exactly how their second uh, adventure
7: is. Ryan likes graphic novels.
4: They're
5: not comic books.
7: So just go see I them. Ju- and ju- that's exactly what I said. I said you like graphic
5: novels, and I, ha- I have to say this is a perfect movie for me. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing to approach It is perfect.
8: And there was two shorts at the beginning. There's one. short. No, well, there's one. a the one- trailer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The trailer for Cars, which I like because it was NASCAR. But
7: it was kind race. of. Not Pixar. Yeah, well, there's no story. But
8: the second one with the the, the lamb and the uh, it was a whatever.
7: sheep, not a lamb. Whatever. <laughs> it was a sheep and, the and the a jackalope. jackalope. Oh, Jackalopes. Okay. And the, the the jackalope actually showed up yesterday at concept. We had fun with the jackalope yesterday at concept. Okay. It was fun. I think it's like nobody's like. Talk about a way To kill a conversation Jackalope just showed up At CATSEP yesterday uh, Yes people yeah, we had were.
8: fun with it
7: We were uh, drinking booze. That's all there is to say <laughs> So
8: can we move on? Yeah uh, Talk about the step Lift
7: up Oh, I- what? I- 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 F-
8: oh you
9: That's what it is
7: <laughs> Yes yeah. Okay Yeah today the step Was released to the general public The uh, fan film 100% pure linen, made in Quebec, is uh, I think it's. Is it not available on your website? No.
8: Nope. Not yet. Not yet.
7: But we actually have a little segment.
8: I'm trying to
7: get. That uh, we're gonna see if we can push it through. And uh, here we go.
5: There you go. Welcome to Star Wars in the field. In the field. <laughs> <laughs> We're right up at the battlefront, as they would say nowadays. Right, Brian? Yes, we are. We are on <laughs> the edge. We are here, participating in a fan event. We are at a premiere of a fan film. The first Quebec fan film that has been finished. That's right. In, in French. In French. it's the. That's also a big thing. We've got some costumed... People, there's, you Got some prizes. Got some prizes yeah. from legends. Um, fashion DVD passion D- D- as well.
7: Why don't you tell us all about this? Well, um, basically, the, f- the the thing is that the movie is called The Step. Um, Le in French. Le in French. In French. French. Yeah, that's it. will
8: French. be translated, uh, may probably later
7: this year, early next year. AKA dubbed. Dubbed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in our movie target. There you go. And uh, you have like. Tons of people working on this You have uh, Patrice Charbonneau Logan Charbonneau Who are brothers uh, You also have uh, Eric Bilodeau Who is a guy Who works with a camera And 2D 3D effects And yeah. he worked on some On some other movies And he actually won a prize Last night yeah. At the Spasm Festival Here in Montreal mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's a teacher He's a movie teacher That's right Cool So this is uh this is this is big, people. <laughs> we got a lot of people, dude. And uh, there's a nice cast. We have uh, seven people working uh, actually in the uh, the movie itself. Uh, to tell you a little bit about the movie, about the story behind the movie. It all started back in January 2003. And uh, finally, we're tonight at the official launch yes. of that movie. Like in any
5: film, there've been false starts and problems and setbacks.
7: There you go. How many how many fan films actually? Been launched like that I don't know
5: I, I don't know This is a pretty big launch They've, they've got a They've reserved a spot At a bar they got uh, you, you can hear You can
7: probably hear The folks in the background Talking that's and exactly. discussing it Right now So uh, Yeah that's real nice We're uh should we plug that that bar we're at? Go ahead. No, I don't I want, want to. No? Okay.
5: <laughs> eh. No, no problem. The one downtown is more happening.
7: Yeah, there you go. So we're in a bar in Montreal, okay. and uh, they, they they
8: nice. opened a the bar especially
5: for this. Yeah, that just b- shows you how well this bar is doing. <laughs> <laughs> they need the money. And how important we are. Yeah. Come on.
7: Yeah. <laughs> but it's a nice way to spend your Halloween's uh mm. your Halloween
5: evening. I see kids <laughs> trick or treating. I Outside. see them Yes yeah, I do We
7: had a fire trucks Pulling into the uh, The firehouse fire, yeah, fire, fire, fire station Fire station It was nice It so <laughs> like it's a little action Most action we've gotten Continue tonight. With,
8: the, with the intro Of the, the
7: movie Back to the movie um, You know we haven't a- We've seen like a, v- a little short version Of that movie right A couple yeah. of months ago Without effects without, without sound special FX and it, was, it was pretty interesting But uh, I'm going to go ahead here And uh, on a blunt I'm going to translate The uh, synopsis of the movie The Rebel Alliance is having uh, troubling hours, (laughs) and the Imperial the Empire's no the Imperials are are (laughs) getting together. This is gonna be really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you want to do this? The Rebel
5: Alliance is in the midst of some troubling times. It's It's all about the words. All while the Empire is assembling its forces, getting them all together, so they're gonna kick the Rebels' ass. Um. The Rebels are sending one of their last Jedi, Dariden, to on a mission to Balmora to um, go after this person. To court. To To
7: <laughs> Chancellor <laughs> Dona Vincenta.
5: Yes. To
7: join the Rebel Alliance. So, a Jedi courting, yes. <laughs> hey, how uh, you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you like me. You yeah. like me. <laughs> <laughs> the at the end. <laughs> <laughs> like me, like me. On their side uh, On her side basically during this time She uh, really wants to stay neutral But she really has to take a decision Because the, Imper- the, the Empire Is en route To take their position on Balmora So she'll have to decide whether she fights For her planet or she lets the Imperial Take it out uh, However, everything she did with all the other Planets in the system Will the Alliance be there on time To defend Balmora and uh, arranged so that everyone can actually either exile or just make sure that they stay peaceful and that mm-hmm. they can live happily ever after without being under the imperial fist. regime. Sounds like a very good concept. However, meanwhile, there's the Sith Lord, Darth Zerak, who actually goes to Balmurine or- in order to wait for Gardan to come in, in order to defeat him. And that's the next step which will make him reign over the galaxy. With the dark side at his a side. Ally. This <laughs> is ally. I ally. I know, I'm not good with words. I'm much better on like chats and stuff.
5: <laughs> Where you can press delete. Y- yeah. Backspace. Yes,
7: yeah, it's like backspace a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that says, ba- okay, basically a Jedi has to go court a lady in order to save a planet because well, it's going to go under the regime of the Imperials. Yep, It's more...
5: Diplomacy Do you know It's tender diplomacy you know, uh, <laughs> Diplomacy With a palm Instead of a lightsaber
7: Which will be later called Calrissian diplomacy that? <laughs> That's going after a lady dude <laughs> So, so yeah. We have the producer of the movie Coming in this way <laughs> We're going to take a short break And we'll okay. edit this out <laughs> There you go no. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom And uh, we are here today with the folks uh, from the fan film Les Tapes And uh, we're having fun right now And uh, there's a lot of people who just showed up Actually even the the, the main principal actor showed up And uh, we're sitting down with uh, Patrice Charbonneau that's right Yes, yes <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're actually going to ask him a few questions about the, the, the movie So the movie is called The Step And uh, today we're launching it mm-hmm. So uh, what's, uh, what brought you to this day uh, of uh, the movie?
1: Well, uh,
10: Today we launch in French uh, First of all, we, uh, we worked very, ar- uh, very hard, I'm sorry, since uh, the last two years uh, And uh, also we are very proud to uh, show
7: finally the movie today uh, for the first time So that's, that's really cool yeah. That's congratulations, guys. You, you worked hard. Uh, when will it be coming out in English?
10: Uh, maybe, maybe this winter uh, we expect to release an English version uh, this
7: winter, uh, maximum to the this spring.
5: Will it be dubbed?
7: Uh, Yes, yes, of course Very good And, um, you know, you've seen other fan films, of course The idea probably Mm -hmm, mm can spawn from there at one point So how would you rate your fan film Compared to most fan films we can find out there on the internet?
10: Uh, Maybe we can call that movie a mid-rate fan film Uh, It's not professional like Tidarium But
7: it's pretty good for three guys (laughs) Great So that's very nice Uh, Later on today we'll have the opportunity to talk with the guys Who worked on the 3D and the... uh, more of the special effects if you will so uh, thanks great for having you my pleasure so go back we'll let you go back to your uh, guests. thank you guys thank, thank you, you. alright bye bye and we are back on Star Wars Sound Live from the launch of the step a new fan film all made in Quebec and we are here now with Eric Bilodeau the man behind the 3D designs of the movie and all
6: well, not exactly. I'm behind uh, mostly compositing special effects.
7: Compositing special effects?
6: Yeah. So, so for our
7: <laughs> listeners and me, what exactly is that? <laughs> uh,
6: Laurent is uh, is the guy that designed most of the 3D uh, in, the, uh, in the movie. My job is basically to take everything and uh, put it together. So add explosions... Uh, Adjust lighting, uh, a lot of stuff. It's 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 mostly the the post job, right af right after the uh, the 3D gener- is generated, and uh, the movie is shot. It's to take everything, up, uh, rotoscope all the um, all the lightsabers. Uh, so basically, that was my uh, job, and I was editor of the movie as as well. So.
7: So there you go. That's that's a pretty good job that you got yourself into. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what basically did you use in order to work with those uh, special effects and the m- montage of the of the fan film?
6: Uh, I used uh, mostly Final Cut for for the edit, which is a Macintosh-based uh, editing system, and uh, I've used uh, as well uh, Adobe After Effects for most of the effects. So that's
7: pretty good, Brian. Anything to add?
6: You didn't use Shake? No, I didn't. Um, Shake is a bit more complicated. Um, I know Shake because I I, I'm a, I'm a, I teach uh, special effects in college, and Shake is one of the the, the program that I teach. But After Effects is uh, is easier to work with uh, when you're in, on a very very tight schedule, and I can work on my uh, portable computer and. Uh, Shake needs a, a much better computer to be really uh, ef- effective. So
7: something like a G5 from Apple. Yeah, I have one at home, but <laughs> I, I yeah. couldn't
6: bring it because we uh, we did a lot of the the edit, uh, what was needed to uh, to finish the movie here with my uh, whoop, okay with my portable computer. So
5: any upcoming projects?
6: Yeah, I'm working on a personal fan film as well, uh, which is called Ortega. Um, but uh, basically, I'm I'm uh, working on the models. I don't use much 3D myself. I use real models, so uh, I'm working on them. I'm working on Thrones Fleet. So uh, a lot of the work is already done, but we're not ready to start really start the po- the pre-production yet.
7: Okay. Okay. And uh, about you know about that movie or take, will we be able to talk about it later on the, in the couple of years?
6: yeah sure sure, sure. I, I mean uh, the uh, the schedule for Ortega right now is uh as soon as the models are built and ready uh we go in pre production okay so it's pretty much we're making the models pretty much with the time we have on our hands, and as soon as it's ready we're gonna go to the more like a, a more serious step in the making of the movie
7: okay you you're talking about models uh what is your main idea be- be between using models or 3D? Why do you choose to use models? Uh,
6: for details and uh, accuracy mostly and the rendering uh, in most cases is much better still with models so um, it's organic things look very good in 3D, much better Yep. most of the time than uh, in uh, models. But uh, with mechanical things, it looks very good in models. Okay. When you know how to light them and to shoot them, it's, it's very uh, very efficient.
7: Should we be scared to see some little uh, black square like we've seen a around the TIE Fighters in Star no, Wars? No, not or? really. <laughs> um, what's, your, what's your stand yeah. on that? <laughs> Those little black squares in Star well, Wars. Well,
6: uh, the, um, the cash they made... Uh, in the old Star Wars were mostly, they were pioneers in these techniques and uh, there was a lot of stuff that probably they could have done better nowadays but uh, they work with what they it's not a problem, yeah exactly, it's not a problem nowadays but uh, they shot with uh, film and uh, with very very old techniques and they were pretty much testing stuff that was not really used in the business yet so I think most of the problem come from that, because uh, nowadays doing these things is pretty easy, really.
7: There you go. Well, thank you very much for being with us. No uh, we're about to see two movies before we actually see the premiere of The Yeah, set. two
6: of my movies, actually.
7: So, that's great. Congratulations for uh, winning the spasm, I believe. Yeah, yeah thanks. And uh, there you go. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back later on with more uh, com- w- with comeback from the fans. So, there you go.
1: Welcome to Tatooine TV's kind of near Halloween special. (laughs) This episode is scarier than any episode Tatooine TV has ever produced. (laughs) It is scarier than your father's back hair, it is scarier than your high school picture. It is scarier than seeing Linda trip in a bathing suit competition. It is even scarier than watching the Star Wars holiday special twenty four hours a day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> <coughs>
1: and now, what you've been waiting for. Tatooine TV. Please, hold your friend's hands if you get scared. Warning. The following audio production is proved to be scary, frightening, even a little creepy. Proceed with caution.
11: Gas. It's a problem that plagues every being in the galaxy. Whether you call it a fart, a toot, a butt trumpet, clearing your other throat, a fluff, barking spiders, creaky floors, or biology in action, gas stinks. Let's see how gas affects others in the galaxy. Let's start with Sebulba, now Java the Hut. and even the feared Jango Fett. Put your claws up, I've got you now. Uh-oh, oh no, it's got into my helmet. Gross. Yes, gas. Whether you call it tooties, stinkies, butt burps, ripping one off, bootin' sounding the stink alarm, blue fog, the smell of death, or poppin' one off. You will agree, gas is bad. Any way you cut it. Our solution to this devastating problem, hold it. That's right, hold it. Women do. They hold gas for days, weeks, and sometimes for months. Do yourself a favor. Ask a woman how to hold your odor. You'll be a new person. A new person who can't laugh really hard, jump up and down, run a marathon, do yoga, get a massage, lean over to get that pool shot. The views and
10: opinions expressed in the preceding announcement are not the views and opinions of Tatooine TV.
0: Have
10: you ever wanted to fit in? be a part of the cool crowd have you ever looked at a tongue ring and said hey that would make my life complete but i don't have the time or money to do it let jar jar's piercing quick piercing parlor take all those worries away there are many locations throughout tatooine and we're running a special one piercing is 200 credits but if you bring your mom it's only 10 credits each If you're worried about any health-related issues or any kind of problems with the piercing, let Jar Jar relieve you. That's right. Jar Jar has designed a special Pierce-It-Quick piercing machine just for you. It's so easy to step up to it and stick your tongue in the small slot. Most of the time, it pierces the tongue. Let's listen now as one of our customers are coming in and getting their tongue pierced. You may experience slight pain, fainting, and swelling for a few weeks after your piercing. But listen to some of our grateful customers. It is so fast and easy. As soon as the sun goes down, I'll be able to leave the house and sell my pants.
0: Well, I learned my tongue piercing. I'm a new woman. A new woman with a blue and purple tongue. But it does go with the
10: When my tongue fell about for a month, I've got 20 pounds. Thanks, Piffle for the fun pills and the white waff. That's right. We want to stop doing the talking. We'll let our customers finish this commercial for us.
0: The dog of Piffle Quick Piffing power is a whole, whole lot of fun. fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was scary, wasn't it? <laughs> This brings to the end of another Tatooine TV episode. We hope you haven't been frightened too much to listen next time to our next Tatooine TV. Goodbye and unpleasant dreams. (laughs) Does anyone have a Ricola? The
10: end of Tatooine TV is coming. See you next time on Tatooine TV. This is Dr. Phil. If you are crazy enough to listen to this Tatooine TV, then I don't have any time for you. But this Tatooine TV was a Jeff Roney Designs production. For full credit information, please visit jrdonline.com. many
4: minutes.
9: Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you're listening to Star Wars Deluxe.
7: And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct Voice of Star Wars Fandom So that was uh, just a few, a little field interview of uh, The Step As it was released uh, on Halloween evening And uh, you just uh, recently heard uh, Tatooine TV number 22 Hold your gas and charge quick pierc- quickly, piercing parlor Now, let's just put those two Tatooine TV together And do something really stupid Let's say Saboba walks in and gets a tar- his torus thing. He's going to go, okay.
8: You really need to sleep, man. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, people
5: in the chat. <laughs> we have Casey, Brazi, Dalsh, Dirge, uh, Raven, Siabi, Tigerclaw, and Zilk.
8: There you go. Thanks for coming.
5: <laughs> hyperspace.
7: And now we're going to go to the Hyperspace segments, ladies and gentlemen. The Hyperspace segment consists of spoiler-full information about Star Wars Episode 3. This uh, very nice day, we'll be actually having a Tatooine <laughs> <tattooing> TV lasting. <laughs> an Hyperspace segment lasting for about ten minutes, um, during which we will disclose every information we've got in the past two weeks about Star Wars Episode 3, disregarding the, the information coming from the trailer.
8: Because... Because if you haven't watched it, like,
7: 40 times by now, you're not a Star Wars fan.
8: <laughs> I didn't watch it 40 times.
7: <laughs> yeah, but you have a girlfriend, and that doesn't count. Oh,
5: okay. <laughs> I watched it 20 times.
7: Yeah, but well, you got laid this weekend, so it will go for the time around.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> now. Oh,
2: crap. Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mom. All right, stand by.
7: And now people, please remember not to uh, talk about any spoiler in the actual first room of Star Wars on the Red Hat room. Please go to my room one. If you are on any web forums that actually have spoiler allowed, please do go to these forums in particular. Don't go into unspoiled people forums. And don't spoil them because they don't like to be spoiled, and it's okay not to be spoiled. Anyhow, Coyote Mundi will be killed aboard a Juggernaut when that said Juggernaut will be attacked. Let's yeah. reenact this. Boom And it will be nice <laughs> That's all Anakin will be getting late At the Galaxy okay, uh, uh, Theater <laughs> What? Uh, Shut up <laughs> I heard it too <laughs> and Sex on the brain Anakin will be getting late
5: <laughs> We're getting late Late he will be getting
7: there. He will be late. He will be getting there late. Okay. To the Galaxy Theatres where he's supposed to receive some kind of medal because he saved an, uh, the Supreme Chancellor from... Like, because he rescued the Supreme Chancellor from the Separatist ship. Uh, we, al- we already talked about the uh, surveillance tape that Obi-Wan will be actually watching with Yoda and Obi-Wan will see Henneken kneeling before Darth Sidious. He can ra- ravaged, like, rapidly the Jedi Temple and he's going to kill Sin Dralig as he was teaching a lesson to the younglings. Always we be wary. Never put your defenses down. <laughs> there you go. But they never get, like, a chance to actually put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obi-Wan will be uh actually running away from the last monster in a submarine growler. Uh as you will be getting on Mustafar, Obi Wan will be in this sort of triangular passageway. Hallway, yeah. Passageway, hallway as you want to put it. And uh you will that that's up until he actually finds out I can end the all of the separatist dead yeah, delegates dead on the table like cuts in little pieces, ready to be picked up by like Shopbacks <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> hey, you cut or you don't. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and that's that's actually at that at that moment that the uh, duel should begin. Um, as he actually kills the separatists, he is definitely now known under the name Darth Vader. Oh yeah. So you guys remember those like yellow contacts in the trailer? Get a clue. <laughs> uh, Padme will actually be leading a delegation of two thousand system against the law of Chancellor Palpatine which law is actually to have regional governors to actually control every different systems. Yeah, she failed. She, she's like a big failure. <laughs> it's really getting disappointing now. And uh, C-2PO should be the only one droid read with his uh, memory erase for some reason. Uh, the Maybe
5: because he can't shut up.
7: Yeah. Yeah. R2, nobody can understand him. <laughs> Except <laughs> Luke. Except Luke. Yeah. For the uh, fight between Commander Cody and Obi Wan, just imagine two violent, weird dancing guys <laughs> after they lost their weapons. It's just disturbing. I'm like just so martial art combat. No, I'm actually I just know. seeing like grand ballet canadien thing here. <laughs> no, come on. Well, I don't know. Or the Brasil-
8: Brazilian dance, you know? Yeah don't remember the name, but...
7: Uh, uh, what Grievous was actually uh, inspired Yeah, of. yeah. The, uh, what you thought was inspired by. Yeah, I know. Whatever. I'll continue. Thank you for putting that in my mind. <laughs> uh, Padme has a secret door in her room that actually goes up to the veranda of her apartment. She will be using that door to meet with Anakin in the middle of the night.
0: Mm. In the middle of the night.
7: Uh, that would be nice, you know, in the start... And then you, like you pick up the the Star Wars soundtrack and you're like in the middle of the night he's gonna go get it. know <laughs> no, <no>. Something else. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh the uh the battle on Kashik will be happening on Kashik City is the capital of the is the official capital of the planet. And in this battle the separatists will be landing in giant like I D four kind of ships. So it promises oh. to be like weird and disappointing. I'm very down tonight, Anyway. I? <laughs> I think we all are. Full force of invasion. Basil Gante, Wat Tambor, Po Nudu, Shumai, as well as other members of the uh, Federation of Commerce, will all be killed by Darth Vader on Mustafar. Poor Shumai. As they are actually watching the uh, a dance, a dancer, a Mon Calamari dancer, and some energy flowing balls. Blue energy flowing balls that's like running gag because you gotta know about that as you drink balls uh, Palpatine will be telling the story of the Dart Lord of the Sith Darth Plagueis and how he has learned to cheat death Captain Phaeton played by Anthony Daniels will be having fun with the ladies in the seats behind those of Palpatine and Anakin in the uh-huh. Galaxy's Theater mm. yes I just said that <laughs> <laughs> and and there and there we were thinking he was gay. The Jedi, <laughs> did you see the costume that he has on? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> pretty gay. <laughs> yeah, hey, he's the one wearing the tiara. Uh, the Jedi will be uh, the Jedi will attempting to actually stop Chancellor Chancellor uh, Palpatine is will be formed of Mace Windu, Seesutine, Agent Kolar, and Kit Fisto. Now the question is Will he manage to get his top off before dying?
8: You sure though? For the ladies For the
7: ladies, <laughs> for the ladies. <laughs> We will really ate Anakin after the Duel Wow, we already ate him Give me some news <laughs> Yoda and Mace Windu will be using a gunship to uh, save Obi-Wan After the crashing of the Federation st- uh, starship on Karisunt Mace Windu, Ejinkolar, and Confisto Also will be using that Like a similar gunship to going to the offices of Popty in order to invade full invasion force they like gunships the fact you don't have to open the door to get out that's very really cool <laughs> Captain Kagi is an official. Is an Imperial officer Yoda will be using the force again to make sure something doesn't like crush him on Kashyyyk. there will be a monster we've never seen before that will actually kill a lot of clone soldiers the uh, heir of Obi-Wan R rare at the end of the movie and Yoda will have a different cape In a very brief scene Black I'm sorry she's dead Art of the Revenge We saw a drawing of and Madden most proudly And also a Jedi in a Sith Going through a duel Now this is actually a, a, an image that was not chosen to be remained in the movie But it's a very nice image to be uh, think of as inspiration for the movie, no mm-hmm. vision. We saw the in actual interior of the, the uh, cockpit of General Grievous' ship, and uh, it was a very nice set of a landing uh, landing pad on uh, Utapel. before the helmet. Space battle of Carson again, but it's actually a shot that will that will not actually make it in the in the movie. It's one that one of those shots that I didn't cut. Now we also have a nice old pair. Premises of Anakin General Grievous Palpatine uh, Obi-Wan me Like main key characters On setland.net I don't know If like Other websites Have this Maybe I think
8: it was On the official site Those
7: pictures No not pictures no? The premises Oh premises Yeah The stories But they had Saturn pictures
8: Associated with them Because Okay uh, It was translated from I think the data bank from Okay From uh, Because there was a that like was from a, the official a, a, website? An update of yeah. the API 3 le- yeah. bank and there was a picture with text. That's uh, We put the pictures on earlier, and we translated, and
7: just put the text. There couple you of go. These up. So, there's a folks, nice picture of uh, Grievous. Go yes. to the official website, because there's a lot of information that's just been released. Yes. And that's accessible to all users. And, and, the eight first men of the movie have been revealed uh, by some spy at a cool news website you can also go there to check it out because it's very long to read about
5: 8 minutes of script
7: and that's what will be actually be it would be I- 8 minutes yeah that will be the hyperspace segment 8 minutes yeah okay I don't I can read faster and no, 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 I don't no. read that fast so how about that's how
5: long for when you write okay for film
7: cool dude that's it for the hyperspace segment now we're going to move into the miscellaneous news really?
9: Master Bisto, trust
0: your insight, we do.
5: Hello, welcome to news. Um, To news, to news. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the news. So, we've got an update on the February comics coming out from Dark Horse. There's Star Wars Empire number thirty. It'll be published on February second, two thousand five. Wow, two thousand five is here. Damn. Uh, it's about Luke and Leia, and uh, in the Rebel days. So, moving on, there will be Star Wars Obsession number four of five. It will follow. Uh, Obi Wan's hunt for the uh Sage Ventress, and it goes on. Mace Windu's in it. A bunch of uh, Grievous uh, and Doku, and everybody's in this one. uh Then there's Republic Number Seventy Four. This is the last comic book, chronologically speaking. That is that happens before uh, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And it takes place uh, about. Uh, it's centers on Jedi Master Oboransis, and it's all about, you know, he's fighting this Dark Jedi Sora bulk. That's what's going on. Okay. In comics, it will be released on the 23rd, and the Obsession will be released on February 16th. Now, in collecting, there have been a few uh, mock-ups, a new mock-up of the Anakin uh, action figure from Episode 3. Mm-hmm. He's got the glove on, he's got the longer hair, and there's also mm-hmm. a, a, clone, a clone trooper picture that came out. But the uh, new yeah. not the new clone. No? It's actually from the old one. Okay. But it's, it's it's supposed to be a repack. We don't know what it's from. Though. Okay. Who knows? Um, also, there will be new Pez dispensers. 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 They're they're giant ones. Giant. They <laughs> got a big. Thirteen candy in inches. A? Thirteen inches tall. Damn. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the first one will contain uh, Darth Vader. C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. The second shipment will contain uh, six Vader, four General Grievous, four Death Star, four Emperor.
7: But there was only three Death
5: Stars. Yeah. Chewy Dan. Think of it like this. Um, moving on, there will be the... M&M's is preparing a promotion with Skittles, and there will be a bunch of things surrounding the mini M and M's. Big promotion with the mini M and M's and mini Skittles. The main line is the Star Wars M-Pyre There's no E; it's just M, like on the little candy. M. Oh. <laughs> um, it looks very cute, and I think it's got a Jedi. They got an M M&M and M with a with a with a lightsaber and a Jedi robot <laughs> as their mascot, and his name is Jedi Master M, <laughs> the baddest candy Jedi in the galaxy. Okay <laughs>
7: Yeah You could actually have one word And that would make it Like a little bit more believable
5: <laughs> Anyway um, Gentle Giant has released New uh, two pack A bus stops two pack It will be Holographic Darth Vader And a holographic Darth Maul Holographic oh, Darth Maul?
7: Yeah
5: He's kind of like
7: You know like the one You see well, in Star Wars episode, episode 2 Episode, uh, two. episode, uh, episode 1, one. Okay. No, no actually
5: Actually, he's got his cape off, and he's just like it's half of him. And he's holding us like that. Oh! It's just kind of like ooh, clear Darth, clear Darth Maul. Okay. Nothing,
8: eh, nothing not interesting.
5: Eh, it's from Gentle Giant, and it's you know,
7: dudes. It's, it's video games. Video games?
5: Really? Well, that's the next segment. I know. Move on. Revenge of the Sith video game teaser trailer was released. You can go check it out on the uh, LucasArts website. Um, all about you know, there's. There's Anakin and Obi-Wan actions. And I really still
8: cool. need to see it. There's some cool action. Like it, you know. it looks...
5: It's going to be very cool. It's going to be released. Yep. In the st- instead of a PlayStation a force 2, an Xbox on May 5th, 2005. There's no PC. Or no any other systems. So, so
7: you know there. what this means. Folks at the Star Wars Celebration will actually have the first sneak preview at that game. game. Most yes. likely. A week before its <laughs> released.
5: Mm. Yes. We uh, better. Yeah. Also <laughs> miniature news, they released the Ultimate Missions Pack. It's a book, a bunch of missions on how to play. maps Will you buy it? I haven't bought it yet. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if I will. I might get it for Christmas. I don't know.
8: At this time of year you don't buy anything Star Wars because you hope for <laughs> to get it on Christmas.
5: Kind of. And they also released a really the uh, Luminarian Dewleaf that will be in Clone Strike, mm-hmm. and also a Nikto Soldier. It will be the sniper of the game. Okay. Nikto okay. Eliminates cover.
7: Well, you know what's actually, like, also related to Nikto and snipers?
5: Hard contact.
7: Uh, really? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I want to read that book now, eh, hey guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you all about it. Don't worry.
5: <laughs> so that's it for Miss Lini's News. So, we have five minutes
8: to go. We should be going to a musical break.
7: No, we're actually going to go to... Community update? Yeah,
8: but do we have time in five minutes? Oh,
7: yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, How Chewy? about you get on So yes. Actually there was Like this convention That popped up Out of nowhere On, on the TFN con page About like This con In uh, UK In ETHRO UK With Christopher Lee Making cool. an appearance. Cool. appearance <laughs> like Must be wow. costing
8: A hell of a place.
7: Like, <laughs> <laughs> actually it's like It, it was 32 pounds uh, For one day ticket And 47 pounds For two day tickets And I was wondering to, to bring him true. in Yeah That will <laughs> Well actually He's from there So <laughs> Yeah Oh, okay. Anyhow, November 20th and twenty first will actually see the Super Mega Fest in uh, Framingham, Massachusetts. Super Mega Fest. It's gonna be a Super Mega Fest because Anthony Daniels and Kenny Baker are uh, both attending at the same time, and Joe Caroni will be there as well. Mm-hmm. This is all happening in the Sheraton Framingham Hotel at sixteen fifty seven Worcester Road, Framingham, Massachusetts. Hours are from Saturday ten thirty a.m. to six p.m., Sunday ten thirty a.m. to five p.m., and advance tickets older are admitted five to th- at nine thirty.
8: And I don't think they will be on. At same time.
7: I hope not, otherwise there might be blood spilled <laughs> Admission for two day passes is $25 One day passes $15 And children age on age 12 and under pay $6 per day for more info, visit www.supermegafest.com. Also, in Mid-OhioCon 25 in Columbus, Ohio November 27, 10, 28 That's when we're going to be having our, our next show Joe Carone is going to be there As well as Jan Durasima Both Star Wars oh, artists and okay. illustrators Location is going to be at the Hilton Columbus at Eastern Town Center, Columbus, Ohio. Saturday, 10 p.m. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Admission for two-day passes is $30 in advance, and one-day pass is only $20. Children age 8 and under are admitted free when accompanied by a paid adult. More information you can visit www.meadowlioncan.com. And then you have a Jen Hanaheim, California, coming up December 2nd and 5th, but that's after our next show. Oh, I Just want to mention it because Ray Park, Dark and Daniel Logan's going to be there. So cool!
5: They often do the con circuit together. Mm. Yeah, might be very interesting.
7: And you know who's going to be at FailCon this year?
5: You know mm-hmm. one, because it fails.
7: Ha <laughs> ha ha! FailCon, not FailCon. But but those Star <laughs> no, those Star Wars guests? I'm not sure. Super weapon of the month and his wife. No, it could be... Kevin Janderson and Rebecca Molesta will be there. So it could be very interesting. Yeah, it could be cool. I'm not not derogating their bad guests. They're very nice persons that just haven't yet talked to us. Pokey, (laughs) pokey. And uh, also the softball challenge has been uh, done at liningup.net from the U.S. LA fan force in Culver City. And the costume members of the Midwest Garrison will help at the Toy Con. For Toys for Charity on December 12th
8: So Those who were in the Banta track
7: Those events are actually in the Banta track's local events You can visit the Banta track's at Star slash. That was fast man Thank you <laughs> And this concludes mm-hmm. Oh
8: that was it.
7: And this concludes And this concludes our community update We shall now go to a short musical break And we will be listening to our first song Or our second song Ever living to ever living
4: nobody's home yet see you then At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by your team of professionals, or, quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey preconfigured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars.
9: Hello, this is Paul N., director of Lucas Online. And
0: you're
7: listening to Star Wars on Direct And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct The voice of Star Wars fandom Uh, We are now with our friend Steve Perry On the line with us The author of the very nice uh, uh, I was going to say Novels
9: That's what I was looking for
7: Uh, Shadow of the Empire And he's the co-author of MedStar So welcome to the show, Steve
9: Hi, great to be here
7: Sorry for the technical difficulties that delayed this interview
9: That's that's how it goes when you live live on the the edge That's exactly it
7: (laughs) And um, right now we're actually going to jump just straight into it Tell us a little bit about yourself And how did you actually became a writer And... What actually led you to becoming a
0: Star Wars writer?
9: Well, I, I became a writer to impress my 11th grade English teacher, Marianne Brown, who was drop-dead gorgeous. <laughs> I was a small, shrimpy, little, pimply-faced geek, and I had nothing to impress her with, so I wrote this short story, a science fiction short story. She was mightily impressed, and I thought, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> so that's, that's sort of how I got into writing. There was this power here when this, this woman, woman was... I you know, was, was actually looking at something I did and approving of it. And then I, I decided, well, someday when I have time, I'll be a writer. And then I went off and did other things. And one day looked up and realized I was getting older and I wasn't going to have any more time. So I started writing my lunch hour and late at night and whenever I could, could find some spare time. And sold a few stories and began to get into it. And so that's, that's sort of how I got into the business, into the science fiction business. The way I got the Star Wars... Uh, Kind of convoluted, but the, the simple version is, is that I used to take my son to a comic book store near my house, where the man behind the counter is a very tall fellow named Mike Richardson. Um, later on, he started a comic book company called Dark Horse. Oh. And he remembered me coming in that I was a writer, and he asked me if I would be interested in doing novelizations of the aliens movies that they they had the right to do graphic novels on. I said, sure, it sounds like fun. So I I did some of those, and they did pretty well. And as a result, the people who did the novelizations, published the novelization, Phantom, saw that I could write and, and, and um, asked me if I was interested in doing a movie novelization, which which I did. It was of a movie called The Mask. Mm-hmm. And so the the editor of that... <laughs> Was, was in a big hurry and he needed it very quickly and I was able to do it for him quickly and he said, well, I owe you a favor. How about, would you like to write a Star Wars book? And I said, sure. And I said, sure.
0: Why not? Uh-huh.
9: <laughs> I said, as long as I don't have to do too much work. He <laughs> said, oh, no, no, we're looking for a, a, a book that's somewhere between you know, some of the early movies, actually some of the later movies, but you know, in terms of, the, the, not the chronology, but the when they actually came out I said mm-hmm. oh sure I'd love to do that so that's, that's how I wound up doing it
8: nice and it was early enough that there wasn't too much other references uh, the expanded universe wasn't that yeah well, developed, it wasn't
9: yeah. I, yeah. I didn't have to worry about it as much cause Star Wars has some wonderful continuity people mm-hmm. who, who work for them who were able to catch all sorts of things that you messed up but pretty much all I really had to know about were the first two movies that came out I mean, yeah a uh, you know, new hope and, and Return. Of, I mean, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, because the the, the book takes place between uh, Empires. The chapters of the Empire takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So I didn't really know anything came after that. Although you know, I was aware it was out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: So that I mean that made it easy for me to get into the field. And then once I wrote that book, uh, Dark Horse and I were talking, and I wrote a. a a, a five issue mini series for them, which sort of picks up where shadows leaves off and then later on, my friend michael reeves, who i i believe you interviewed recently
0: mm-hmm. was
9: was talking to his editor after he had written a book and, and they asked him if he'd be interested in doing some more, which is how we got into the, the medspar duology
7: cool uh- and like as you as we were saying, your first gig was actually uh, Shadow of the Empire, which led to the invitation. What what actually led to the invitation from Bantam Books? In more details.
9: Um, I, I, how do you, how do you mean in terms of of uh,
7: of getting in there?
9: <laughs> oh, you mean into the Star Wars universe? Yeah. Well, uh, the, my editor at at uh, Bantam Books was Tom Dupree, who, um, oddly enough, was from. The next state over, where I grew up, he was from Mississippi. I was from Louisiana. We had a certain, you know, simpatico connection. And what I found was uh, that that he was he really liked what I was doing. And, and you know, when I when I actually got into Shadows of the Empire uh, before I started to write, they they asked me to to fly to uh, the ranch, uh, uh, Lucas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, has, has this, well, I assume you know about the ranch.
8: Oh, yeah. Oh,
9: yeah. And <laughs> to go down there and, and meet with uh, a bunch of people who were all going to be involved in, in the Shadows Project, which mm-hmm. was... Uh, they, they, I don't know why they thought so, but I, I think they thought that there was, the interest in Star Wars was beginning to wane, and it had been a while since the movies had come out. So they wanted to do something to kind of keep interest up until the next movie came
0: out. Mm-hmm.
9: So Shadows of the Empire was that project, and it was their first attempt at doing a big multimedia project that didn't have a movie connected to it. So there were books, there were comics, there were games, there were there was a, a Nintendo 64 game, there were t-shirts, there were statues, there were, I mean, you name it, everything but the movie. So when I went to the ranch, I sat down at a table with a bunch of people and I said, okay, let's we, we we just sat around and said okay so, so what are we going to do and everybody had ideas and I took notes we we wrote I wrote up several pages of notes at the meeting um, uh, Someone was there connected to it except George Lucas who just happened to be out of town on the day that I came and we wrote down you know, what everybody needed to have in this book because all of the the subsidiary products were going to be based on the the outline for the novel and. So, I, you know, the game people said, well, we need to have a scene with motorcycles in it, you know, the, the, not motorcycles, but, you know, the...
8: Sure, bikes? Yeah, the
9: bikes, and speeders, and so I said, okay, sure, so we wrote one of those down, and, and it we sort, we sort of had a, a wonderful, consensual brainstorming session, in which everybody threw out ideas of things that they would like to see, and then I went home and wrote an outline based on the notes that I took and sent it back, and it was passed around, and much approved, uh, there were a few things that we, we altered you know, to make better or make people happier and then I sat down and wrote the, the novel itself, so that's, that's sort of how I, I got into it.
0: Cool.
7: Speaking of the novel itself Shadow of the of the Empire is one of the most interesting books set in the actual expanded universe itself because it's right in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi.
0: Yes
7: and it gives us an insight on some obscure details mentioned in Return of the Jedi. Was it the timeline of your idea, or was it actually planned by Bantam?
9: Well, the, they wanted to do something. They hadn't, they hadn't done anything between the movies. Uh, the, pretty much the, the, all, of the, all of the books had taken place before or after,
0: mm-hmm.
9: except for the ones that were directly connected to the, to the, movie, the novelizations themselves. Mm-hmm. And they had they had sort of kept all that time you know, reserved, uh, and they, they wanted to do something that was early enough in the, the, the continuity, and also there were some characters we wanted to use. Uh, there was a chance to use Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a chance basically to use all of the original characters except for Han Solo, and we sort of used him even though he was in a block of carbonite. <laughs> he was flying around out there. Somebody was hauling him from place to place, so... He became one of the characters, uh, sort of in absentia. But, but, but the idea was that they, they they wanted to do something, and they had a they had a name of a villain that they wanted to use. And by the way, it's pronounced Shizor.
8: Yeah, 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 I've checked that out in the uh, essential guide to characters. Oh.
9: <laughs> yes, that I I caught more flack over that. And he wasn't my name. Uh, Lucy Wilson, who was the vice president of the publishing uh, arm of Lucasfilm, uh, had a, a friend who was Portuguese. And apparently that X I sound is pronounced like S H, Portuguese. I did, I didn't know that, but that's old. And they liked razor, so they kind of put the she and the zor together to come up with shezor. But nobody seemed to me when you look at X I Z O R, shezor is not the pronunciation that comes to mind. Um, you know, and so in the book there is a place in there where he has a malfunctioning form chair that speaks to him, and the chair says yes, Lord shezor. So so that I would. Give people the way that it would be pronounced, but people miss it. They 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 didn't catch that reference. So the two questions I got asked the most about the book were, how do you pronounce Chissor, mm-hmm. and what happened to? I mean, it, there were chari- there was a, there was a character we, we needed Han Solo, but but I couldn't come up with Han Solo because he was was on flight. So we we came up with what essentially was Han Solo' younger younger brother.
8: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that friend or
9: yeah, Dash Rendar, and so and so Dash was essentially the the Han Solo like character, you know, the, the the fast gun and the pirate, and, and and the question was, is did Dash Rindar die?
0: Mm-hmm.
9: And the answer is no, 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 he didn't die. He thought he died. He looked like he died. He flew into what looked like an exploding star, but in the Nintendo game, which picks up at the end of Shadows of the Empire, it, it opens up with the, the ship flying out the other side. Oh. <laughs> I knew that going in, so we we left his his uh, his death rather ambiguous.
8: But we we can see him uh, in the comic book, I think,
0: also. Yes,
9: he has, he has a cameo in the in the in the comic book series at the very end with my human replica droid, who was the main character in the comic, mm-hmm. uh, Guri. Yeah, cool.
7: It's we we're just actually still waiting for you know the other part. Of those comics
9: Yeah, well, yeah, me too <laughs> uh,
7: Shadows being the first expanded universe book And I believe one of the only one Who had such a huge multi-level commercial campaign To actually go with it yes. From novel that actually went to comics Then to audiobook And then to, N- to N- N64 game As well as PC game Figures, collectibles And even a musical score by Joe McNe- McNeely
9: Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. I, yeah. they, they sent me a copy of it. I was just thrilled. They, Wh- they, they did a, a CD to go with my book. And I, I would listen to it because I got it early on. I actually got it before I finished writing the book.
8: must be an inspirational. Yes.
9: <laughs> Very good music in there. Yeah. And um,
7: was that like part of a project pilot to see how much stuff they could sell out of a book?
9: No, I think what it was was to see if they could put it all together. Uh, They they were thinking of, uh, you know, when the first Star Wars pictures, first movies came out, you know, uh, when the New Hope first came out, they really had no idea that it would go on to become as big as it did. So there was no concerted marketing campaign uh, planned in advance. I mean, sure, there there were the T-shirts and the lunchboxes and all that, that, and, and George Lucas, brilliant as he is, managed to keep control of all that for himself. The story is, is that they wanted to pay him less money for his directing job, and he said, "Well, okay, I'll take less money, but I get to keep the rights to all the characters." And they said, "Oh, sure," because they didn't think they'd be worth anything. <laughs> to the last count I heard, the the subsidiary rights for Star Wars have, have earned much more money than the movies all put. But the 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 idea was, I think they were trying to come up with um, a multi media marketing plan to see if they could do it so that when the next set of movies came out they would have all that in place. There are a lot of licensees and people that are connected to this and they need to sort of see how the, the lines... Out. I think it was sort of like a like a test run for the movies in a whole way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how much they, they really expected to sell although I understand that, that things did pretty well and certainly mm-hmm. the sold quite well.
8: But now they kind, they are kind of doing the same thing with the Clone War. uh, series you know doing uh, novels comic books and the TV show so it's kind of they tested it with Shadow of the Empire
9: (laughs) well I think so you know it it, it was was fascinating to me was the the, the technology available when I went to the ranch they showed me a trailer they had made for Shadows of the Empire that they were going to show to all of the the licensees who might be interested in it and it used scenes from the movies and, and they they had a voiceover, and I mean, it was, it was very professionally done. I mean, of course, they have access to wonderful professionals there.
8: Was that available online at some
9: point? No, I, huh? it, it was. It was. I don't know if, it, if it's even still out anymore. I have a copy someplace dashed. Okay. I have a couple of collectibles that are connected to that that, that are, if not unique, or fairly rare.
0: Cool. <laughs> oh yeah.
7: And um, it's you know we will actually we, we might as well ask some folks at hyperspace Actually, try and see if we could actually get that video online <laughs> sometime in the near time in the near future. Yeah. Um, you were talking about Shizor earlier, and uh, there was this great organization he was leading called Black Sun. Oh
0: yes, Black Sun.
7: And it was used and reused by many following of your fellow authors. How how did the actual relation between Shizor and Vader, and got together, and how did you decide to actually have two bad guys going to each other's throat.
9: It was, it was interesting. Early on, I was I didn't realize they were going to let me use Darth Vader. They came up with the name Shizor, and they had actually done some sketches of. They wanted a kind of a reptilian character, but they didn't really know much about him. So I was asked to flesh him out, and and that was fine. I you know, I was able to come up with some some things I thought made him an interesting character. And and as I was working on this, I, I was asking my editor. I said, yeah, you know. Yeah, we can't use Darth Vader as a viewpoint character. I said, "Oh, you can, really." So that's how I went up with two villains. I I was perfectly happy. I'd have been happy with either one. So then we had two villains, and I, and then I, the responsibility was not to make Shizor somebody who was a pushover. Mm-hmm. He had to be able to run with Vader at least on some level. And I thought, well, having a lot of personal power. Uh, insofar as having these, these pheromones that he could use to affect people's moods, mm-hmm. that was that was an idea that I thought might work. And I also thought that if he ran a big underground organization, underworld organization, which I sort of saw as a cross between the the yakuza and the mafia, the mm-hmm. um, reason I had actually written a book some years before, in which we thought "Black Sun" would have been such a great, cool title for the mafia, uh, you know, the, there's always going to be a criminal organization in, in any universe. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, let's have one and let's let's have this guy be the man who runs it. Then and of course there's immediately a conflict because when you have two powerful characters who who are seeking the emperor's favor, there's there's apt to be some some difficulty. So
0: <clears throat>
9: obviously Vader, you know, has, has a connection to the dark side of the force that he can use, but, but she sort had a lot of money and power and he was not an inconsiderable uh, fighting man, I, I sort of laid it out that he had some skills in that mm-hmm. arena, and we—I I thought it, that they were actually fairly well balanced as uh, as not equals, but certainly you know it wasn't a runaway victory.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: The, there's not many authors who got the chance to write Vader.
9: No, <laughs> I, I, you're
8: maybe you're maybe the only one.
9: Well, you know? know, since Alan Dean Foster.
8: Yeah, that's true. And of my
9: it was. It was. I thought it was delightful yeah. because Vader is a wonderfully interesting character. He's. he's he, he seems to be a totally villainous character, and of course, mm-hmm. his. He, the Star Wars movies are, and to a great degree, about redemption, about about learning, and and of course, Vader is the character who, in the end, is redeemed. Mm-hmm. You know, he saves his son's life. He, son's life. He destroys the Emperor, and that's may not make up for all the bad that he did, but it certainly goes a long way down that road, to to making you realize well he wasn't simply just a, a mustache twirling villain. <laughs> so the idea of being able to get inside his head, you know, I always wondered what do he think about when he was inside that hyperbaric chamber, mm-hmm. you know, having to be oxygenated because his body was all burned up and I thought, well this, is, this is what I get to say yeah. And cool. he said, go for it. There was very little in that book and that in shadows that they gave me uh, any problem with it all? They 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 pretty much let me run the way I wanted. There were a couple of things I wasn't allowed to do, but you know that's sort of the nature of of working in someone else's backyard. <laughs> what are those things that you couldn't do? Yeah, I knew you would ask that.
8: Uh, <laughs> it was a question later to the interview, but go ahead.
9: No, no, no. I, it's it's the the, the 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 first thing I came up problem with is was that I I believed and I still believe today that uh, that Luke could understand R two when when when. Um, he spoke. When R2, you know, rattles off the mm-hmm. next speak. Um, um, they I mean there were scenes in the movie where they're talking. No, no, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. No, let's go here and you know R2 whistles and, and chirps and loops. Yeah. No, I don't think so. well, no, they explained to me that, that they, they they don't speak, that the only time that there's any real connection is when they're they're connected to the fighter, the TIE fighter, and you can mm-hmm. see the you know, the, the dialogue appearing on the screen. Well I disagreed. Mm-hmm. I went round and round and round. And they finally just said, well, no, this is how it is. And so <laughs> that's how it was. Um, and I can understand why they would say that. But but you know, for me, I mean, if you scratch ten Star Wars fans on the street and said, look, let me ask you a question. Do you think Luke and R2 understand each other? What would they say? And I'm guessing nine out of ten would say sure.
5: Yeah. they can understand. Well, the other
9: was uh, there were two scenes that I wanted to write. One was I sort of wanted to have... Uh, uh, them pull the Millennium Falcon over to a gas station and use the phone. Um, the futuristic version, obviously. <laughs> and they wouldn't let me do that. They didn't think that was very funny. But but I had a scene in which R2 and 3PO fly the Falcon. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but it all takes place off screen. You can't see it because they aren't viewpoint characters, so it's all done over the radio, over okay. the com. Talking to them and they're flying and hitting buildings. Oh, look out! Look out! And I thought it would be very funny.
0: Yeah, it
8: would have.
9: So I told them this, and they said, "No, we don't think that would be very funny. You can't write that." I said, "Oh, please!" No, we don't think so. So I said, "I'll make a deal with you. I'll write the scene, but I'll do it as a set piece, which means that it'll be something that I could surgically remove without destroying the continuity of the story and replace it with another set piece if you don't like it." He said, "Well, okay." So I did it and sent it in, and then I got a call. And I said, "Hey, this is great. You want to make this a little longer?"
0: <laughs>
9: I was very pleased with that. But other than that, pretty much everything that that uh, that I put forth, because we had the outline approved beforehand, and I stayed very close to it, was there was no problem. They they they're they're very good about hiring people that they like to do things and then letting them run uh, at, at Lucasfilm. They 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 tend to trust their writers pretty much. Sometimes there are some things that, due to the nature of, of, of the books which are generally rated, you know, PG or so, you, you, can't, you can't get too sexy or you can't get too violent because it's just it's not not appropriate for the audience. People who read these books range in age from, you know, 8 or 10 years old up to 80, and uh, that's a pretty wide swath.
7: Now, was that last comment actually a way of telling us that you'd like to be working on some further adventures of Jewelry?
9: No, we. I was. I always thought Guri was a good character. I mean, I had fun with her. Uh, I had. I, I got to expand on her more, of course, in, in, the, in the comic books and in, in the, in the Dark Horse series. And I thought that she, she was was an adept enough female. And I like strong female characters. I I think that, that that's a good place for them is in Star Wars. I had several yeah. others that I've sort of thrown in along the way. Although I caught an awful lot of flack for. Um, what, what I put Princess Leia through with she's or. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i get it all. That, that you know that, 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 that you know that she almost was seduced, but of course she wasn't. You know, in the end she wasn't at all. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind working some more with her. But you know, it's it's uh, the 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 problem with working in the universe is it's so large and there's so many people involved in it, and they have these things set so far in advance that um, there aren't that many slots.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: Uh, Michael Reeves. Uh, is is doing a a series called uh, I think the working title of the first one is Coruscant Night. Yeah, and uh, I think people who if if you like MedStar at all, if you like mm. any of the characters in MedStar, you're going to like his.
8: Yeah, one. I like it like Dinders. he was
9: called Dinders, and yeah,
8: and, and uh, I, five I think Coruscant Night will be about them. That's my theory.
9: Well, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, um, I
7: know. <laughs> Why well, is there this humming sun sound right now? <laughs> yeah,
9: that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the next thing you see will be someone coming through the door with a lightsaber to take your head off. No, no, the uh, but he, I think you'll find that. Uh, and Michael is a good, is a good writer, and mm-hmm. he will he will do a good job with with his characters. But. Um, there will be people, I, I, I'm not giving anything away to say that you will see people and, and characters and, that, that you've seen from him before that you will enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool.
9: Enjoyed them before.
7: <laughs> how, how far do you, did you think when you were writing the book uh, that your your characters would actually grow into fandom?
9: Uh, the shadows, you mean? Yeah. You know, I didn't really know. When, when, I, when I sat down to write the book after I had gotten the job and had come home. I had dinner one one evening around Christmas with uh, several other Star Wars writers. There are several who live in my, not in my neighborhood, but in, in the general area of where I am, you know, within a couple of hours' drive, uh, uh, and we all went out for dinner one night mm-hmm. and started talking about this, and Kevin Anderson, who had written a lot of Star Wars material, and I were talking, he he made some comments about the fact, well, you know, you may have millions of people read these books
0: before
9: mm-hmm. it's done with. I'm like, wow, I've never had millions of people read anything I've written before. <laughs> Although I've had you know success in other things, it was pretty 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 scary actually. Um, and then I called my editor and got nervous about it. He said, "Don't worry about that. You just write it like you would write it, you know, for your regular fans, and mm-hmm. you know, not to worry." But 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 yeah, it did it did kind of surprise me that I had seen things like. Uh, you know, the brothers Hildebrandt did a set of cards, trading cards from Shadows, mm-hmm. and people have have said, "Well, you know, these characters, you know, we'd like to see them on it." It's it's they're not the original characters, the, some of the new ones, but it, it, it is kind of nice to have fans come up and say, "Oh, I really like this character," and, and point at somebody that, you know, the or, or Guri or somebody mm-hmm. that that I that I came up with for the book.
0: Cool.
7: You were invited back. To- to the Skywalker Ranch I hope actually to write the Met Star geology alongside Michael Reeves
9: yeah well we didn't get to go back to the ranch uh, they they at that point figured we knew enough that we didn't need to go and be given instructions in person so we, we didn't get to go again
0: oh, <laughs> oh I'm sorry and,
9: you know, it would have been fun to go back it's such a great place you know, it, it just, if you're a Star Wars fan it is just so cool <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's um, yeah when so, so we we pretty much did all of our business over the phone or over the internet, um, you know, email.
0: Okay.
7: Okay. Well, where I was going with that question is actually how did you actually work together? We know you worked together before. Yes. Yeah. Under what circumstances did you actually got together for the first time?
9: Well, oh, when we first started running together. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it was more years ago than I care to remember. Uh, we we met at a science fiction convention and. The, the, Michael was living in Los Angeles and I was living, at the time, in Oregon. Okay. And we we met at a convention in San Francisco. And, and, and we started talking and a bunch of other people there, writers who were all about the same level as we were, they decided they were going to have a writing conference in Los Angeles uh, over Christmas and New Year's of that year. Mm-hmm. A uh, bunch of writers who were all about the same level. Beginners, we'd all sold some stories, and, and, and I think there have been a couple of books there. I think Michael actually sold uh, a novel or two, but the rest of us were all sort of, you know, just just beginning prose, as it were. Mm-hmm. And they invited me to come to the thing, and then I did, and I had a good time, and we workshopped a bunch of stories, and we all you know, spent a nice weekend in some, some cabins up in the mountains, you know, workshopping our stories. After it was over, we, we sort of stayed connected some of us, by mail, by, you know back in the days of snail mail.
0: <laughs>
9: Michael had an idea for a book that he wanted to write, and wrote me a note and asked if I'd be interested in working on it with him, because it was a very big book and he had other projects in mind, and you know he didn't know if he could get it all done by himself, and plus the collaboration produces a book that's not quite the same as you would do on your own. So that's sort of how we, we, be, we became writing partners. Over the years, we've written several books together, and and he, since he was living in Los Angeles and writing a lot of animation for television, it kind of dragged me into that business as well. Mm-hmm. So we we've written a lot of cartoons for you know, Saturday morning and in the afternoons. And uh, we first started doing it. The internet had just sort of become available, and we were sending. Uh, our, our stories back and forth over the internet at, at, at the massive speeds of 300 bauds. <laughs> uh, which means you could just, you could just about type it as fast as it would transmit. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the internet got better and faster, it became easier for us to send stuff. So, what generally would happen with the new project is that we would get together. I would go down there, or he would, he would come up here. We would sit down, uh, um, and make notes or tape record an idea, um, put together a sort of general plan for the way we wanted to go with the with the story mm-hmm. and then I would do a draft and uh, send it to him, and he would do a draft and send it back to me. We'd do that until we ran out of time and that's sort of how it went for a while when we we decided to do um medstar uh, the books we we decided we'd rather try something different rather than me just do a draft and him do a draft. So we actually did chapters and exchanged them back and forth.
0: Okay. I would write a
9: chapter and send it to him and and he would rewrite it. he would send a chapter to me and I'd rewrite it and then we'd, we'd sort of go over them together and decide you know what needed to be filled out or not and we had favorite characters that we we liked to play with. Michael was you know Michael's character uh, i five mm-hmm. the, the droid uh, came from you know from the novel that he did from Shadowhunter. Mm-hmm. and uh, so he just felt kind of protective of him, and I said, well, fine, you know, whenever he comes on the screen, you can write that scene, although he didn't write okay. all of them, he wrote most of them. And, uh, I came up with a couple of characters that I thought were kind of fun, and so yep. um, there yep. was a, a kind of back and forth flow in, in terms of what I did and what he mm-hmm. did. And in the end, uh, what we wound up with was, was, a, was sort of a back and forth, chapter by chapter. Piece that that it, one of us went over at the end, and he, I think Michael went over a big portion of the first one, and I went over the second one, but uh, and put it all together so that there was a certain continuity and flow to it, and it read didn't read so you know, disjointed. Cool. Um,
7: do, do you actually find that easier than actually? Uh, do you find that kind of work easier than just working alone?
9: No. <laughs> 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 well, some people say yeah. There, there is an advantage to having a collaborator if you get stuck. Okay. oh, gosh, I, I have a scene to write and I don't really know what to do with it, so I'll send it to my buddy and let him write it. That That is helpful. Mm-hmm. But the problem with collaborations, of course, is that you have to allow room for someone else to write something. And it may not always be exactly the way that you want it to go, but you have to let that go because it's his book as well. When you write a book by yourself, and it's it's not in someone's universe, it's your own creation, there are no rules. You do whatever you feel like that makes the story work. And then, then you know, it's much, it's, I think it's much more satisfying on, on a real deep level as a writer to be able to write whatever you want the way that you want to write it and, and have no one correct it or say anything, except you know, your editor, of course. When you do a collaboration, it, it it winds up being, if it's a good collaboration, a book that neither one of you would have written on your own. Uh, sometimes it's better than you would have written on your own. Sometimes you don't think it is. But, but in the end, you wind up with something that you're both relatively... Uh, happy with, or at least not too displeased with. Uh, and in the course of the case of the Star Wars books in MedStar, we were both happy with, with, with both the work and what each other did. We didn't have any major arguments anywhere along the way. It was, it was, he would write a scene, I would go, yeah, that's good, I like that. And then I'd write a scene, and he would approve of it, and pretty much we went back and forth with, with no sticking points in terms of, of, um, of how we, we wrote and what we wound up with.
7: And who would you say is actually in control in your writing relationship?
9: Well, neither one of us. Uh it's 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 pretty much fifty fifty. Uh most of the collaborators that I know say, well someone has to have the final say. They have mm-hmm. to okay, this is the last draft. Yeah. We haven't we haven't really run into that. Yeah. It it's gotten to the point where I'll say, Okay, I'm done, you want to go through and clean up, go ahead and, and uh you know, Michael will go through and, and do touches and things okay. and I'll read over it and it it's when, when we started writing together uh he he was probably he had probably written oh maybe two more books than I had, so he was a little ahead on on the book writing thing and now of course we've both written so much that it's it's there's not really a junior writer here, it's partnership with me yeah
8: we asked that question to Michael, and we asked it back to you, and you both answered the same thing so <laughs> oh,
9: good it's <laughs> good to know. <laughs> Well, of course, we make jokes. People say, well, how do you write together? Well, I write all the nouns and verbs, and he writes all the adjectives and adverbs. So <laughs> I write all the good stuff, and he writes all the dull stuff. <laughs> but, of course, it's, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm.
7: So this, at least it proves that you're consistent.
9: Yes, consistency. <laughs>
7: um, okay, I w- sorry, I was just looking for some something here. Uh, there's this great gal at Delray called Shelly Shapiro, Oh, sure. And she came up with the idea to have a story featuring a med unit during the clone Wars. Yes, did you do some research on the subject?
9: You know not really um, uh, the, the the two things that, that you need to that you, if you know about me make it easier is I was a what they call a physician's assistant down in the states okay, which is halfway between you know doctor, nurse, and technician, mm-hmm. and I did that for about five years, so I have a medical background okay. So I can write about surgery and things like that, and and having seen it, you know, at least make it sound real. The second thing is is that both Michael and I were big fans of of both the Mash movie mm-hmm. and the Mash TV series. Yeah,
8: uh, it's pretty it pre- pretty similar.
9: Yeah, well, yeah. well, the, the the movie I think was 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 more of a of a study about what it was like to be a doctor in Korea. Mm-hmm. I think the television series kind of. Was said in Korea, but it was probably more about Vietnam than mm-hmm. in terms of, of the, the philosophies and and, uh, and so forth. But um, either way, the, the they were there were stories, that were medical stories, and that's always part of war. You always have to have doctors to take care of people who get wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we felt like we had a pretty good, pretty good handle on that. Uh, we also had both studied martial arts. Michael had studied. Uh, uh, Karate things years ago, and I've sort of been a martial arts bum most of my life. So we could we could do those action sequences, and we we, we sort of got taken to task by some fans because we didn't have enough you know droids being blown up. But it wasn't that kind of book.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: It, it was not. It was never meant to be uh, a Clone Wars novel about battles. It was about medical people, the medical side of it, and medical people just generally don't fight.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: Um, we have a Jedi there who's coming of age, and we have. People who were doing a lot of surgery, and that's one of the things that you sort of have to take into account when you have a war: is that you know, not everybody's killed outright, and when they aren't, you have to fix them. Mm-hmm.
7: And uh, so, do you believe the book should have been sponsored by direct the Red Cross?
9: <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I like to think that that we we are, the main thrust of this book was was make it a character piece, mm-hmm. the the characters be interesting. And to and to serve them against the background of, of of what it would be like to be in a in a medical tent or a kiosk in mm-hmm. the middle of a, of a of a of a war zone, but but for the most part, uh, it we thought it had a nice Star Wars feel to it. Yeah. Uh, maybe sometimes we we went a little too far with the Star Wars language, but that's I think that's part and parcel of of the whole thing. You have to mention the planets and. And, of course, you know, even though Tatooine is supposed to be this backwater planet where nobody goes, every writer always talks about it in his or her book
0: yeah.
9: <laughs> It's become the most famous backwater planet in the galaxy, yeah
7: and uh speaking of planets, Drungar. It and the planet with the most cra- crappiest climate of the Star Wars universe
9: Well, yeah, we hoped it was um, <laughs> we were um,
7: get a vacation on dungar. <laughs>
9: Yeah. What happened was was um, when we sat down to do this, we wanted we wanted the planet to sort of be a character in, in the in the story, in the sense that we needed to have this this sort of you know uh, the almost vile life forms there mm-hmm. floating around to make it really really bad. And it had to be in sort of an adaptogenic world where things were shifting and changing all the time because that became part of the without giving anything away part of the plot mm-hmm. uh, involving the, the the reason that they're all there, which of course is Miracle drug. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so when we we sat down, and it, there is in the Star Wars universe a a something called the holocron, which which contains pretty much most of what is known about the Star Wars galaxy, uh, but which has been written about it, and it's it's something that Lucasfilm will will give to its writers to use as research material. Mm-hmm. You can get it. It comes on a CD, and you don't have to, you know, have the whole stack of books and go through. Although we have those as well.
8: Yeah, every friend wants to have the holocron. That yes. yeah.
9: yes. <laughs> one is individually marked and has a password. And if it gets out, they will come hunt me down and cut my liver out. So i oh
0: I'm boy, <laughs> very
9: protective of my holocron. <laughs> but but having that, we went through the holocron and, cron and looked for a planet that would fulfill all the needs that we had, and there wasn't one. Okay. Um, when, when I first started writing the universe, the, they hadn't laid the galaxy out very well, you know, and, and new writers would come in and they would say, well, well, I don't want to put it on someone else's planet. I might make a mistake, so I'll just create a new planet. And that's what happened. You, you, you wound up with a lot of planets because, because writers didn't want to have to fiddle with learning about someone else's. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we, they, they told us they would prefer that we use an established planet. We were okay with that, but we couldn't find one. But so we said, "Look here's what we need to have in the planet. If you can find one that we can use we'll we'll use that Well, they couldn't because there wasn't one, so they said, Okay, you can use yours so that's that's how Drongar came about and and we we wanted it to be a you know a hot, nasty, sweaty world, it, it especially you know it happened to be tropical at one point, there's a malfunction in the dome, and uh, starts to snow inside. We thought that would be a particularly interesting, yeah, as well,
8: yeah, we know about snow up here <laughs>
7: <laughs> you would <laughs> just a bet. <laughs> And was there like a particular idea you have, like of getting that inspiration behind that?
9: Well between about around the snow? Yeah, or
8: just uh, snow the planet?
9: Well, yeah. Well, no, the, the 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 idea was we wanted a tropical planet. We wanted it to be hot and sweaty and uncomfortable, and and the kind of place that just just the environment in in in, in fiction you have several sources of conflict. One, yeah. the, the classical conflict is is man against man or you know man against woman or whoever, mm-hmm. uh, then you also have uh, uh, man against himself, you know your own inner conflict that you have to resolve, and then you have man against the against the universe or against the, the hostile planet, so we wanted to have all those conflicts going all at once, so we wanted the planet to be hostile enough also the the drug the the plant that we have the bota which mm-hmm. is which is you know the source of the of the, the miracle drug. Mm-hmm. Um, Needed to be something that was pretty weird and was also could be affected by conditions on the planet and it was fragile enough that, you know, if a bomb went off too close, that would kill it. Which, which then, then made it, and apparently a lot of our readers missed this, you couldn't have a lot of, of, of cannon fire and, and, you know, and, and plasma guns going off because it would kill the BOTA.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: And that's the reason that you're there and this stuff is worth more than gold or diamonds, so, so we don't want to kill it. We we don't want to you know turn to slime in the field, so most of the fighting that goes on is is small arms fire. Yeah, that's that's the reason we that's the reason we needed to have the planet be because we wanted to set a limit on. Otherwise, these guys would be throwing heavy armor up to, to block heavy you know weaponry, and and it would be an entirely different book. Yeah.
7: Was there anything that you would have liked to actually include into the geology, but were left out?
9: Well. Yes and no. The, the almost everything we put in, it was they let it pass. Uh, there was there was one scene that we that we had between Dindur uh, uh, and and his girlfriend, the woman that he meets who who's become his wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: Um, and we would have probably pushed that a little further in terms of, of the, the the sociology of of, of the species. We, mm-hmm. we kind of wanted to talk about. How they they met and made it, and what they did on the planet, and the reason why when they first got together they were very quick to to become enamored of each other because it, it was a it had to do with the history of the species on their world, which yeah. which is a very violent world in which to kill them off quickly, and so the, you, you sort of had to when you when you met somebody new, you know, get things going in a hurry because, because you might not be there tomorrow, mm-hmm. and we would have made we would have made that longer. Because we we wanted to explain all, we thought we were very clever with coming up a way of for ex- explaining why they're instantly attracted to each other, mm-hmm. and there just wasn't room for it. Okay, there was a lot of you know, and these books are not meant to be you know sociology texts either. So the problem with writers is we tend to get to blather on sometimes, <laughs> and cut up. As you are sure aware by
7: now, <laughs> which we actually do find very sad, because most of the Star Wars books could actually be very good sociologically sociological
0: work.
9: Well, again, you have to consider your audience. You have a you have a wide audience that goes all the way. It's kind of like people who go see uh, a movie like uh, Superman or Spider Man, or you know, you have to have something that will entertain the, the the small children on one end and yet be satisfying to the adults. You know in the original Superman movie there's a scene where Clark Kent goes to change his his costume and he goes to a phone booth and of course the camera backs off and it's not really a phone booth at all it's just one of those little tiny phone kiosks mm-hmm. just you know just just a little thing on the on the pole and all of the old people in the audience thought it was hilarious because they remembered the old Superman series where he would go change clothes in the phone booth mm-hmm. and of course the kids didn't know what they were laughing at so i, th- I think you, you, when you when you when you Reach for a very large audience. You have to be careful. I, we, we wanted this to be the best book that it could possibly be, the, and, and essentially we saw the duology as one long book split in half. Mm-hmm. But the nature of, of writing a Star Wars book is that you're writing for an audience that is is very uh, diverse in terms of its age and its education and its politics, and, and so you have to you have to put it in a place where most people who read it can access it. Mm-hmm. So we thought that we told them to go in, and we want this to be the best book it could possibly be. And they said, well, "So do we." And that's, and that's the best you could
0: hope
7: for. Cool, great. Now there was this theme that's been pushed by—well, actually, no, I don't want to say that. Ever since we've been starting to read books about the Clone Wars, uh, we can we we go on seeing the fact that each and every clone has this different and unique personality and emotions. Right. Now, that's one of two things. Either Delry's pushing that, or you guys, like Hawthorne, are having this convention every month or something.
9: <laughs> <laughs> no, well, here's here's the thing, is that is that if you ever met twins uh, who are identical, mm-hmm. they are never the same people. Yeah. If you have ever met triplets uh, who are identical, they are never the same people. And my assumption would be that even if you are identical physically to someone, that that you will not be identical to them mentally or spiritually or, or whatever, and so part of the whole thing with the clones, part of the thing we wanted to explore too was the fact that in the Star Wars universe there are different classes and castes of people. There are there are slaves in the Star Wars universe, um, you know, people who are bought and paid for, and mm-hmm. it's it's not considered you know a joyous thing, but they're there. I mean, you know, uh, Anakin's mother is a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are also other classes of beings who are not really considered um uh, how should I say this um, they aren't really uh full citizens of, of the galaxy okay. and those would be clones and droids yeah. i mean arguably in in the Star Wars movie, the brightest character in all of the movies is r two d two you know he always yeah. gets things done he he, he goes. <laughs> You know, always knows what to do, and 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 uh, and has a certain amount of drive, and, and is very admirable, mm-hmm. but uh, but he's a machine, yeah. uh, or you know, you can't even say he, you know, it's a machine. Yeah. Same thing with C three PO. Same thing with with all of the droids. Mm-hmm. They are property. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to sort of address this idea of well, you know, what, what do you, what do you if you have to strip one of these characters down for parts, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. If you're a doctor and you're working on clones and you're thinking of them all as sort of some sort of subhuman, uh you know, ape like species, what does it do to you when you realize that's not the case? Mm -hmm. And of course, as writers, that's you know, we want to see characters who are interesting and that who who change. Mm -hmm. I mean Steve Barnes did a wonderful job with the clones in his book. Yeah. Um, and that I think that's the, the the idea of being a writer is if you just say well they they're all the same and they all just want to go out and fight and they don't care if they get killed then you know, where's the where's the fun in that I mean, there's <laughs> that's, there's no, nothing interesting in that kind of character
8: and you push the idea of a personality unique personality even to I five <laughs> yeah which is
7: well that that's very funny actually like first of all the name of the droid high five yes. and then he gets drunk.
9: <laughs> yes, yes, we thought that would be a great scene, and, and we worked, worked, you know, to set that up throughout the whole thing. We wanted to have. The, plus, that gave us a chance to have the scene too, where you, you, you later when Han Solo is 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 talking uh, to to three PO about 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 playing games with Wookies, and, and mm-hmm. that's because Wookies, you know, it's because droids don't tear people's arms off when they yeah. get mad Well, of course, we have a. Without giving anything away, we <laughs> we have an explanation for that scene yeah. that, for that comment and and so yeah we we wanted to put to 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 have these be be identifiable people or personalities that that you would read and you would enjoy people like i five we've got nothing but good comments about i five yeah uh, everybody who said anything about him says, "Well, you know, yeah Medstar book is okay, I like this that, but I really like i five mm-hmm. And it's because he's a real person. I mean, C three PO is certainly a, a, a has a personality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of wimpy, but but nonetheless, it's a real personality, and and uh, uh, he's amusing. And and, and uh, those two characters, of course, are right out of the Hidden Fortress. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, we 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 think it's it's much more interesting to have characters that when they come on stage, people are interested in seeing what they do and, and what they say.
0: Cool,
7: indeed. Yes near the end of Jedi Healer uh, we have the kind of reference that fans live for there's a mention about early tests with the Death Star super weapon yes how did Rey react to that reference considering the upcoming episode 3
9: you know they told us that anything that we could put in there as, as cross reference and cross pollination that, that would work and wouldn't stop the story And sometimes we we may have stepped over that line I didn't think that anybody would notice Bob Hope's name spelled backwards uh, we have a, a character in there who is a you know a, a USO you know famous comedian who comes out to interview oh. troops and if you look at his name spell it backwards a <laughs> I,
8: I just figured that out
9: <laughs> <laughs> well see you didn't notice. good um, but, but but you know and so you know sometimes you do that you put things in because because it's fun because the fans like it and because you're a fan you couldn't write this stuff if you weren't a fan mm-hmm. of Star Wars and, and of course I grew up you know watching and, and, and reading and and. So yeah, when you put stuff like that, and well, what you have to assume, it's not the same weapon, but they had to be developed somewhere. It just didn't appear full blown out of the ether. Mm-hmm. It had to be working on some kind of weapon that would eventually lead to the Death Star. Mm-hmm. So we assume that at some point they're going to be testing this thing, and, and why not mention it?
0: Cool.
9: Uh, any, anytime you can you can you can link something in there that, to some of the characters. So we have a we have a, a, a fighter in this in this book in these books. Actually, it was in the first book. Pau G.
0: Yeah.
9: Well, Pau G was a, was a character that, that Lucasfilm gave us. He was, he was a fighter who knew a, a certain kind of martial art called Terraskasi.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: Well, Terraskasi is an art I created in, in Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. It was a martial art that I had two, two sisters, the, the Pike sisters, also known as the Pickle sisters, <laughs> Pickle, um, who, were, who were fighters and they knew this art, the Terraskasi, which I think means steel hands. And so we we reference I referenced that and then there was a game the Terras Kasi game that that, uh, that Lucasfilm came out with and so they're referencing an art that I created and I'm referencing their character who's learned an art that I created it was quite fun
0: yeah
9: so we we brought him to the planet and had him had him doing his martial art thing and then what would you do he was in in uh, at some point actually defeated the Jedi in a match mm-hmm. the Jedi didn't use the Force. In his match, yeah. he just used his fighting skills. So we we thought that was kind of interesting that you would. What would you do if you were in a martial arts fight with with an expert martial arts and you couldn't use the force? Yeah, or you, you ought not to use the force. Mm-hmm. We have that as part of the the, the, the sort of coming of age. Of but
8: I, I did like the attitude of Fuji. He was no always. Uh, how can I say this? Prepping? No, not not prepping. Kaki? Cocky, that's the word. <laughs> yes,
9: it was. well, he, he was, you know, a, a lot of people who are very good with their hands, who are good fighters, aren't that way. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, he's, you know, look at, look at, you know, Muhammad Ali, you yes. know, back when he was Cassius Clay, he mm-hmm. was one of the, the, you know, the Louisville Mouth, I think, or something, and and it's, you know, he was cocky, but he could back it up.
0: Yeah. You
9: know, I, you know, i mean i get up here and talk trash, but if I can beat everybody up who comes into the room, then I get to talk trash. <laughs> And so, Pal G was 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 a really good fighter, and he mm-hmm. was as good. And he was arrogant. And and sometimes when you when you know a skill that way, martial. I've known a lot of martial artists. Who, if they if they know they can walk into a bar and, and you know and clear the place out, they, it gives them a, sometimes it gives them an arrogance. I also know mm-hmm. other writers uh, fighters who who could walk into a bar and who could clear the place out, and who are absolutely the the most most humble people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. You'd never be able to tell by talking to them that, that they could you know, wipe up the floor with you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
7: And um, you've confronted Barry Safi with an aspect of the dark side that is not portrayed often, if at all. Temptation of the dark side for the greater good. Yes. Can you explain that to the listeners and why do you think that Anakin Skywalker fell into that particular trap?
9: Well, I think you're going to see that explained in the next movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have my theories, and and I, I'm hoping that they they agree with me. But but what we wanted to do was was indicate, and we indicated this early on was, and this again, this is this is the thing about a villain, about being villainous. Mm-hmm. Very often, you know, people say, "Well, he's a bad guy. He just does bad things." But most villains. Most people who do bad things don't do them because they think they're bad. Mm-hmm. They do them because they think they're good. They're doing the right thing, and it just happens to come across that way. I mean, you know, if if you're a killer robot and you you know you, you kill people because that's what you're programmed to do, then you're not really a villain in the same way as someone who makes a choice deliberately and mm-hmm. does something wrong, even though he thinks it's for the greater good. And, and of course, that's that's the the, the classic trap is that is that she was told early on by her teacher um, you, know, that, you know, that evil would not feel evil. That what would happen is if, if she was tempted by the dark side, it wouldn't feel evil because that would be easy to resist if you were a Jedi. You would say, well, this is evil. I, I can't do evil. I'm a Jedi. That's not what we do. But if it feels, feels good and if it feels right, and if you feel like, well, I'm going to be able to save all these people's lives and all I have to do is just Step into the dark side for a minute, and get my toe wet and and it won't really cause any problems so i'll I'll just do that. You can see how tempting that is mm-hmm. it, it's tempting in a way that that it's because you know well, you know the end justifies the means well sometimes it does sometimes it does not and if if all of a sudden she realized she could save all these people by by doing something that you know maybe isn't so wise it, it's very hard to make that choice mm-hmm. And of course that's that is a part of becoming a Jedi—is that you have to learn, you know, to make the hard choices. Yeah, cool.
7: We're—we're we're not going to say who the double agent slash traitor is in the story. Okay. However, you got this producer, yeah. Danny over there. Yeah. To believe that it was the wrong person until the revelation. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to clap our hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good word.
9: Well, well, of course that was the point. We 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 we. When you, if you write a mystery novel, you're not supposed to know who did it right away. There's supposed to be some false trails and some things that point to other people, and and, and you know, legitimately could be explained away later. And that's that's part of the deal. If you just if you know who the it, it wasn't a big part of the books who the villain was uh, when we started, and we thought well it'd be kind of interesting let people be let the readers be worried that it's going to be somebody that they don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. You've, you've you've grown. If, if we did our job as writers, you, you grow to like a lot of these people. You know, the main characters are all people that are, that are struggling with things that are bothering them. But by and large, they're likable people, mm-hmm. and and they have good reasons for what they're doing. And, and you want to see them do well, and you don't want to see them get killed off, and you don't want to see them, uh, heaven forbid, be the villain. And and so uh, particularly in, in the in the in the case of some of the people we, we pointed at as saying, Well, maybe it's this person mm-hmm. going, gosh, I hope not <laughs> We wanted people to think that way. If we had made it who we had pointed to, people fans would have chased us down and burned us at the stake. <laughs> fans How could you do that? You scum uh it, it, it you know I like that character and I don't want that character to be the bad guy well that's that's what happened
5: mm-hmm.
0: well
9: that's what happened to uh,
5: James Robert Salvatore yes, he got so many fan uh, death threats <laughs> killing Chewie oh sure <laughs> <laughs> and
9: and uh, it's, 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 I Let have,
7: this I be have, a lesson <laughs> to Hall authors out there yeah, <laughs>
9: no out. no it's it's true I have written other characters. Uh, that that I had to, as the nature of the story, kill off, and, and fans get very unhappy with you. And of course, if you have a dog in the story, you may never kill the dog. <laughs> uh, Michael and I had a, a novel we wrote together early on called Hellstar, and and there was a, a, a generational starship, and it it ran into to the effects of the naked singularity and began to come apart, and time began to run backwards, and basically the ship was falling apart. And we got a note back from our editor, and the note said, "What happened to the dog?" <laughs> We think what happened to the dog. We well, have a dog in the book. When the, when this all goes, you know, south and it starts to blow up and and things are getting awful. What happened to the dog? Because she wanted to know and she didn't want the dog to get killed. Fans would call up and say, "You best not kill that dog." So we had to write a scene in which you know the dog is rescued and that was fine. People were perfectly happy. You can kill every person on the ship, but don't kill the dog or the cat. People are very attached to their pets.
5: Yeah, it's one of the rules of filmmaking. <laughs> As well, you can't you can't hurt a pregnant woman. You can't kill children. You can't kill the dog. Yes,
9: <laughs> yes. Indeed. Although although the the uh, the aliens movie broke, I think all those rules in yeah. the first scene. It was Alien Three.
7: The cat died.
9: Yeah, the ship crashes, and you know the cat dies, and and uh,
7: the dog dies. <laughs> I
9: mean... Uh, that was a bad movie. Huh? <laughs> I was not happy with what they did with that movie. Mm-hmm.
7: A little bit earlier, you told us that you were actually doing martial arts with Stephen Barnes, who we actually very sincerely called Morpheus on this show. <laughs> did you actually meet him that way?
9: No. Barnes and I met in Hollywood years ago. I actually met through Michael. Um, okay. Michael uh, was, was working on, a, on an animated series. I don't remember which one it was. He, he wrote for so many um, and Barnes was actually doing some of that kind of writing, as I was as well. And Mark Michael had a um, a party at his house and invited all of the, the writers that he knew, and Barnes was there. And I, that's where I met him. It's probably been twenty years. So we sort of bumped into each other there, and it turned out that we were both writing books that had martial arts in them. So that kind of gave the, something. And every once in a while, we'd see each other at one of these animation um, meetings where we would go into to pitch stories for the for the shows and. And then he moved up here, oh, probably eight or nine years ago, and uh, was at the, We have a local convention, science fiction convention here, OriCon, every year, and I'm, you know he would go to that, and I would go to that. And we would sit and talk and have a drink and visit. And he had mentioned this martial artist with whom he was training, and of course I didn't think of much of it because I was training elsewhere at the time. But mm-hmm. later on, I had a chance to see this guy. This, this he teaches this martial art, which is Indonesian. It's called Pinjek Selat. Mm-hmm. And so I went. Barnes had a, a, a Tai Chi demonstration one Sunday morning at a convention, and, and his teacher was there. And I was astounded at what this man was capable of doing. So I signed up <laughs> and 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 began studying. And we would meet for classes at different times at different places. He's not a professional martial arts teacher; he just does this as, as a hobby. Okay. Um, he's he's a you know he has his own business. We would meet in you know in a garage or in the back of a shop somewhere and and uh, work out and so for the last eight or ten years nine years whatever it is uh, Steve and I have been bumping into each other once or twice a week at this martial arts class.
8: You you must have talked to him about the Clone War series since he was writing a book also.
9: We we did we did talk a little bit about it we we didn't get deep into into plot and, and stuff uh, I knew that he was writing the book when he started and he knew I was going to be writing one we we sort of. Didn't really want to talk too much about what we were doing, so we wouldn't step on each other's toes. Okay, um, but certainly I knew what he was doing, and I had a chance to read his book and manuscript before before it was published.
0: Cool.
7: Which is always nice, but you know, it's like you're you're in the class, you're practicing once against each other. It's like, I'm probably going to do this.
0: <laughs> no,
9: you won't. It's, it's, it's very much fun when, when people talk about you know, well, you know this guy. Yeah, we work out together. Really? <laughs> you know, how, how coincidental is it that, that you know, two guys who write Star Wars books and who write science fiction books with with, uh, with martial arts in them uh, work out at the same class and live mm-hmm. in the you know the same area.
7: So you do realize, and there's no offense in what I'm going to say, that this makes you Neo.
9: Neo. <laughs> of course. No, <laughs> oh, probably not. Older than that. It probably doesn't make me Neo.
7: <laughs> now, you were talking about aliens. You wrote some of the aliens books and the novel Alien vs. Predator. Yes, my did daughter you, and I wrote that together. Did you actually saw the movie this summer and how would how did you like it?
9: I saw it. I didn't like it. No? I, I didn't think they did a very good job. Uh, I think that if they had taken the book that my daughter and I wrote and turned that into a script, it would have been a much better movie. There okay. Plot and character.
8: <laughs> so we need to buy the book and see, of course. I, I, see, see the real story.
9: Well, yeah, the book sold very well. They, for years they couldn't make the Alien vs. Predator movie because the rights were all tangled up. Okay. Um, that one one group of people owned the rights to one character, and one owned it the other. And while 20th Century Fox had the rights to do movies from both, they didn't have the rights for the characters. Okay. And, and so it, it took a while before they could actually get that together. And then, yeah, you know, I I I don't know. I mean, I I don't think it was an awful movie. Um, it just could have been so much better because they had so long to work on it, and there were several different versions of the script written that. Uh, at one point, I read one of them. and I thought it was very, very well done. And of course, they didn't ask us if we wanted to write it, and and we would have been happy to do so. But, but I think I think the anytime you have this, this this anticipation of something that it's very it's very hard for it to live up to. You have that many people waiting for it. Yeah. I didn't think it was an awful movie, but I thought it could have been much better. Okay. My personal opinion. Yes. Yeah.
7: Um, I will get you
9: ten pennies. <laughs>
7: You've worked with and for Tom Clancy on NetForce books. Yes. What's the big story arc for that series? And how's the work with that How popu- How is it to actually work with somebody as popular as Tom Clancy? Well, it's,
9: it's um, uh, the, the idea was that they wanted to do a sort of near-future series about um, a, a force that was similar to. You know, there was another series that Tom Clancy did before, uh, before NetForce called Off Center mm-hmm. and they wanted to do something that was similar to Office Center but set a little bit in the future and using computers and virtual reality a little bit more. And so the, the, the setup is that there is an organization which is essentially a subdivision of the FBI when the series begins that uh, is, is sort of put into play to, to deal with computer crime in its various phases, various forms and And uh, sometimes this extends past what you would think of as as computer crime when people start doing things that are terrorist activities and and but they put information about it onto the net and so it sort of drags this this group into it to, to try and hunt them down okay. um, That's sort of the main the main setup of the thing and with with someone um uh, like Tom Clancy, he has a whole bunch of people who work in his organization okay. you know, with him about these different projects. And I actually got involved in it through the auspices of a man named Marty Greenberg who puts together, um series and who does anthology I think he's, he's fairly well known in science fiction series, uh, uh, science fiction circles. He's, he's, he's probably done more anthology, you know, collections of short stories than anybody else alive. So he knows, uh, Clancy, Mr. Clancy and, uh, Steve Pachinik, who is Tom Clancy's partner in some of these businesses. And that's how I got into it. I, I had written a book for Marty, um, with Leonard Nimoy, called *Primordials*, which was which was uh, based on a comic book series that Leonard Nimoy and Isaac Asimov came up with, and they liked me there, so they asked if I'd be interested in writing some of these. I I thought it sounded like fun, so I did, and it's worked out to be, you know, we 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 got together when this began and sat down and with 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 most of the principals um, and worked out the the idea of where we would go and. They actually did a a made-for-TV movie, which was connected to it, and and, you know, it's 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 sort of a a collaborative effort. You know, I I come up with ideas, and I have a guy who co-writes them with me now. Um, We pitch them to the people, and they run them past uh, uh, Mr. Clancy's people, and they give us notes and things they think we should do or, or shouldn't do, and it just goes back and forth in a way that by the time we get it all done, we have. We have you know, a bunch of people that put their their energies into creating these things.
0: And cool. It's a collaborative
7: effort. Now, in two weeks from now, we'll have the great honor to actually interview Karen Travis, author of Hard Contact Republic Commando. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was wondering, did you introduce Mr. Clancy to her? <laughs> no. <laughs>
9: No, no. I, I, I confess, I have nothing to do with that at all.
7: <laughs> okay. No, because she really knows. Uh... She she knows her. She knows what she's talking about. Yes. Yeah. So it's she's a really great author as well. well so don't of, miss that he, two weeks
9: from now. He was always able to get the information that was out there publicly, mm-hmm. uh, but that most people didn't really know about, and and translate it into something people could read and go, oh wow, you know, I didn't know that. I mean, you know, the the, the, the first the first time people you know either read the you know the hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess a lot probably people saw the movie. Yeah. They read the book. You know they didn't. They had no idea that submarines were out there playing tag. Uh, mm-hmm. In you know in, in all over the world and and but it was not a top secret or anything. It just it was. Just, it was not something that was disseminated widely. Uh, te- techno thrillers, I mean I, I think probably you have to credit uh, Tom Clancy with creating the the, the whole field of techno thrillers. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of anyone else who, who predated him, and there are a lot of people who do them now. And you know, in science fiction, it, it techno thriller is is uh, it, it's sort of just sort of near future science fiction in a lot of ways, but it it's, uh, it, uh, it it involves having a lot of of, of uh, technical expertise to be able to put one of these things out. I you know, the, the stuff that that most of us do isn't isn't nearly as as technically correct as the stuff that Tom Clancy does.
7: Okay. We are now gonna go into our uh, to our fans question. Oh, to sure. your fans question as well. Oh, yeah. Um there's Zeltek who sent us a very nice email. He'd like to know uh what brought you and my, and or Michael Reeves to use Swedish words primarily primarily in Jedi Healer.
9: You know, that's funny. Um we 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 try and find uh, a language uh, that gives us a certain sound, a certain tone when we do books sometimes uh, i 've written a, a book once where a series of books where the, the sort of underlying language is Swahili, and what it does is it gives a certain ring to the language um, we don 't always use all the, the same words from the same language sometimes you 'll have Swedish or Norwegian or German or Dutch, all of which are sort of related mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the way that they sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally, there will be a word in another language that explains a concept that isn't isn't really available in English. Um, yeah,
8: we know Star Wars author all, use often French. Yes,
9: so yes, because because their language. Yeah, and 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 most people who I mean, you're writing for an English-speaking audience, and there, there are some people who you know who speak Swedish or German or mm-hmm. Dutch or French or and who will read these things and be amused by by the the references, but. uh as a writer a lot of times you can either make it all up completely or you can use something as a, as a template and say okay well i'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward the norwegian the Norse languages because because they have a certain kind of sound to them that I think will work in this particular context uh, there's there was a phrase that we use i think in german in in uh, in jedi healer which which has to do with the wife in the window okay. and, and what it means is is essentially what they call a beard or someone who's there is As a disguise, and uh, couldn't quite find the right phrase in in English. But there it was, and and so we thought, well, we'll we'll use that. Um, When you you write for an audience, when you write books that are distributed worldwide, you then run into problems with people who say, oh, that's a Swedish word, it means this. And and, uh, yeah, that's that's how we came about it. We, We liked the sound of it. And it it didn't stop most English readers, you know, cold and, and having go, bill. Oh, I might not like the way that <laughs> what that means.
7: Well, Zeltek is actually a Norve- a uh, Norwegian. No, he's Swedish. He's Swedish.
8: He's Swedish. Swedish. And uh, yeah,
7: he's you, in the chat right <laughs> now. He <laughs> found it really like amusing, but yet slightly unfitting for the Star Wars universe.
9: <laughs> yeah. it's it's. Uh, you know there 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 are different ways to come up with the Star Wars names. Most of the names that we came up with, we didn't use the, the you know the the formula that that you've seen online about how to make a name Star Warsian.
7: Mm-hmm. No, that's I don't think that's actually a very good formula. <laughs> oh,
9: don't either. And so that's why we didn't use it. I mean, it it's a cute idea, but it, it doesn't seem to be really effective. We like names that that will that will either be evocative of of a of a, of a certain thing uh, in terms of of an emotion, or that's short and easy to say. Uh, you know, the, the main character in this book is, is spelled J O so S. You can pronounce it anyhow how you want to, but mm-hmm. you, know, you could call him Jose or Jos. But it's a simple, easy name to remember, and it's uh, just between you and me. It's easy to type. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you have if you have a very long uh, name with a lot of a lot of consonants in it, uh, it will sometimes a reader will, will come across it and stop because they can't pronounce it. And a lot of people who read names. I mean French is such a wonderful language because when French is spoken it always sounds so good a
8: <laughs> thank you
9: there's a liquidity to French that when you hear it spoken sometimes it doesn't look as well doesn't look as good on the page as it does when you hear it spoken loud you go wow what a great word
0: yeah.
9: well there are, there are science fiction and fantasy writers who, who sometimes like to put jawbreaker names into their books and for most readers, when you're reading along, if you come to a word that you you can't conceive of how to pronounce, it, it stops you. You you have to think about it. Well, how how would you say that word? Mm-hmm. And that's what you don't want a reader to do. You don't want them to stop.
0: Cool.
7: Well, thank you for actually like clarifying the fact for which my like Jedi name will probably never appear in any kind of Star Wars book <laughs> ever <laughs> because people can't pronounce it.
9: <laughs> well, it's. It's I mean there are there are words that I mean in, in, in Indonesian for instance uh, the Indonesian government changed the spelling of a lot of things after they gained independence in the late 1940s I'm not going to give you a history lesson mm-hmm. but they used the word the letter C to substitute for the letter J so in the word pitchaxilot it's the old spelling is P E N T J A K well for an English reader P E N T J A K is pronounced pitchaxilot that's not, there's no difficulty there. But in the new version, it's spelled P E N C A K. Now, when I see that word, I don't think "pink jack." I think "pink mm-hmm. And so it's it's just it's just it's what you always have to keep in mind when you write in English is that you're writing for people who read English. Yeah. Uh, it may be translated into another language, uh, and a lot of the Star Wars books are, but it will be by someone who knows that language and and can can make it flow. Uh, there are French versions of Star Wars. And yeah. Spanish versions and the German versions and Japanese versions and, and uh, I can read none of them. <laughs> I have four words of French you know growing up in Louisiana. <laughs> That's what I know.
7: <laughs> you, you were right. We can't understand a word of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs>
9: uh,
7: Zeltek was also wondering is Schmi played by the Swedish actress Pernilla August from the great southern reaches? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Fans, they have, like, the very best questions. Okay. So, we're going to go to Kit Fisto, who's (laughs) going to tell us if if there's, like, any chat questions.
5: There aren't any more, but I do have, I do, like, commend you for um, bringing into continuity the idea of carbonate, of carbon freeze. Yeah. Because it wasn't, they really didn't think of it before yeah to preserve things yeah and I kind true. of introduced it I really liked that
9: well, I, yeah. when when you saw that you have, you had to assume it came from somewhere they just didn't create it in order to put pon solo on ice yeah and so what would you do it what would you use it for hmm. and if you had something that was going to spoil and you could freeze it so that it wouldn't spoil it that makes perfect sense to me
8: yeah that's true cool
9: but a lot of times when you're writing a question will come up and you'll say well okay how do I answer that? And, then, of course, in Star Wars, there's all sorts of things that are just fascinating. There's wonderful technology, and, and, and then you wonder, well, how did they come up with the first lightsaber? Who, who, who came up with the idea? What, is it an outgrowth of you know, some kind of mining equipment or, or you know, weed, weed mowing equipment? Or, and, and, and you sort of follow those things, and, and you, as a writer, you get to answer those questions.
7: Okay, and is that something that you would actually like to write about—the very first lightsaber invented? Well, sure.
9: You, it, it would be fascinating. I mean, I, someone may have done it. And I may have missed it, but it would strike me as that who came up with the idea. You know, I, and of course, no one's actually come up with the physics on how they work because mm-hmm. if they, they could do that, we could make one. But you know, you're assuming well it's some sort of self-replicating plasma or or you know. It, 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 you, you can you can sit down and work out the idea of how it works, and then where would it have come from? Who mm-hmm. was the first person? I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things about you look at some of the food that you eat and you think, how did anybody ever come up with the idea of cooking this?
0: Mm-hmm.
9: Uh, you know, how would it have ever occurred to them to go dig this thing up and you know pull this root out of the ground and eat it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, in in the case of well, the first lightsaber, I mean. Uh, was it designed as a, as a tool or as a weapon? I mean, there's there's an argument that the first the first tools that humans made were not designed as weapons, but were designed as tools. There's another argument that says, no, no, no. You know, something's going to try and eat you. You wanted to be able to stop it, so that's where the rock came from. <laughs> and it's it's sort of chicken or the egg question, which came. Yeah. This, but but uh, you know, I always find those kind of things fascinating. You know, where did it come from? I mean, th- those are the questions that you ask when you're a writer. You know, how did this happen? What happens if you keep doing this? You know, you know what if?
5: Actually, the the uh, lightsabers, at least on the Sith side, come from an evolution of the Sith sword. Oh, they yes. from the new, uh, weapons Tales and of
0: technology. the
9: Jedi. Come from
5: the yeah. company, weapons and technology. I read that.
9: Yeah. Oh. Cool. But somebody made that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some some writer sat down and said, "Okay, this is where they came from." It's, it's kind of like Star Trek science, you know.
0: Yeah.
9: Uh, I always like it's always hilarious when they start talking about replicators and all that stuff. So you don't watch Star Trek for the science.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, watch
7: you watch it for, it for the, the Borgs. <laughs> That's
9: right. You watch it for the cat suits.
0: <laughs> and
9: with Star Wars, you know, Star Wars is 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 an epic. I mean, you know, I'm sure Barnes uh, talked about this when he talked to you know the the whole idea of the hero's journey and yeah. and and uh, all the mythology. But the truth of the matter is, is, is that Star Wars has such a wealth of information in there. You could spend a lot of time picking out any small detail and, and just you know Explaining it And, and putting it forth And showing where it came from And how it worked and, and, and make it fascinating
7: Which is why We always have a different subject On this show Good idea <laughs> <laughs> Now um, We're going to go into Like more personal question Sure Any comment on the prequel movies Up to now And what are your expectations For Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith?
9: Oh wow um, Okay, personally, my favorite of all of the Star Wars movies were the first three that appeared, which would be episode four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because I was younger and 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 you know and and had a, a different attitude about the way life was and the world and and they were just so good. They had all these wonderful characters in them mm-hmm. the I think probably the the last two movies that I saw were so, technically so much better in terms of the special effects in terms mm-hmm. of the book. But they didn't have the same kinds of characters and I think part of the problem is that the nature of the story is they told the good part first. Mm-hmm. The, the episodes four, five, and six are the end of the story where the good guys win. What what they're telling now are the episodes where the good guys are losing and mm-hmm. they are by nature downbeat and, and less grand. Uh, it's not... Skywalker and and and, uh, and Solo and, and Leia, they, they, these people coming forth to you know bring the Empire to its knees. It is the part that you know, it, in a in a in a in a perfect world they would have told them in chronological order, mm-hmm. and you would have had the arc you know going from bad to good. But now what we've seen is we've seen the fun part of Star Wars, the part where the good guys go in and basically you know take take back the, the the galaxy, mm-hmm. and, and so that's the fun part. You know, this next movie, which which I actually think, from what I've heard and what I, the people I've talked to and, and the trailers and stuff that i said, mm-hmm. could be really, really good. Yeah. Um, we're all praying that it is because we want it to be really, really good. But but I think uh, the nature of the movie is such that it's got to be downbeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, stop and think about what must happen in this movie in order. The continuity of, of the series to flow as, as it must flow. You know, Anakin is going to turn to the dark side. He's—I'm not giving anything away here. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, but this is just the nature of what you have to show in this episode. He's going to become Darth Vader. We all know that's coming. Yeah. Uh, he's going to—you know—be physically, you know, racked pretty good and and wind up living in the black suit. And the empire is going to to rise and and take over, and the Jedi are all going to be wiped out, except for you know Yoda and and uh, Obi Wan, yep. um, and you know maybe there's a few hidden you know other people out there in the bushes we don't know about. Um, uh, uh, Luke and Leia's mother is going to die. Um, this this is all pretty heavy stuff. It it, it it's it's none of it light and, and upbeat, and there'll have to be some sort of of, of humor to to. To kind of I think lighten the move, but when when you stop to think about it, this has got to be the darkest of all of the movies it's mm. the nature of where it stands in the in the plot line so my expectations is that if they do this right, if they do it well it will be it will be a very effective movie it will it will it will really hit people hard. you will look at it and go, Oh wow, mm. but of course, you know how it is yeah that's that's always the interesting thing when you write something between two episodes and you and you know what's going to happen after that. It's on some level, it's kind of hard to keep people
8: under toes.
9: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 you know, when people ask me, "Well, when you wrote, you wrote, wrote, you know, shadows, didn't it bother you that you know that everybody knew it was going to happen?" Well, no, because it was, it, you know, they didn't know how it was going to happen. We all know we're going to die. Mm-hmm. Question is, is when, how, <laughs> and so, and what do you do in the meantime? So. That doesn't make my life any less interesting knowing I'm, that I know how it is I don't think it'll make this movie any less interesting. My expectations is is that 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 certainly visually and and um, in terms of the the effect it will be terrific
8: Cool.
9: I can't see that it wouldn't mm-hmm. be um, in terms of the story I don't know i mean i I just you know. <laughs> Wish they had asked me. <laughs> <laughs> um,
7: I'm I'm actually just gonna skip the first part of that question because I think you're gonna answer it by yourself if you give the same answer you gave earlier. Uh, did you see the teaser trailer?
9: I did. I and
0: did.
7: And I, what and did I you think it. of it?
9: I mean, it, it it's um, somebody sent me a URL for a web page a couple of months back that had a a teaser that was done with with. Um, with these little blocks, um, you know they had the characters all made out of out of uh, Legos, okay. and and it was great. <laughs> and I said, "Well, if it's this good, it would be a great movie." But I saw the teaser trailer, uh, and I you know watched it a couple of times, and and um, actually talked to people in Hollywood who who who've seen other parts of the thing. Oh, it it looks, you know, it, it certainly looks like it's got a, it has got the potential to be terrific. Um, that you know, I, I like it that they, that they use some stuff from the old movies. Yeah. To kind of set it up. Uh, there's obviously some new stuff in there, and you know, it, it it has it has a drama to it. If if the movie is as good as the trailer, uh, it'll be great. Yeah. Um, of course, you know that's always the problem. Sometimes you see a trailer and you've seen the movie. <laughs> But I don't think so in this case. I think no. <laughs> no I think I, I think uh, George Lucas has gone back. And I'm, what I'm hoping that, that we will find is that he's gone back to what made the first movie so good, which is that sense of wonder that you get when you see Star Wars for the first time. You go, Wow, isn't this cool? Yeah. And if you can get that back, if you can get to that level where where even even though it's a dark story, people people will be you know caught up in it. Uh, I, I think it could be just you know astounding. Yeah. But My expectation I try not to have any any more about stuff like that. I, I don't know if it'll be good or not. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go see it. Everybody I know, will, <laughs> everybody in the galaxy will go see it. But but um, yeah, I, I, I have I have great hopes that it will be the you know the best of all yeah. Star Wars
8: movies. The fans' favorite movie of all Star Wars movies is *Empire Strikes Back*, the the darker movie. So probably the Episode Three. Will be be becoming the best probably because well, it's dark. Also,
9: it's interesting what what people find to, to cheer for. You know when when um, when Darth Maul appeared mm-hmm. uh, on screen, uh, people were 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 impressed. They liked Darth Maul. He seemed to be one of the most likable things about the picture for a lot of fans. When they when they brought the books out that were the tie-in for the episode, they they had four different covers on them. Yeah. I don't know if you recall those or not. Yeah. Uh, the one that sold out first, every bookstore I talked to was the Darth Maul cover.
8: Ah, uh, have the Darth Maul book <laughs> with the Darth Maul cover.
9: Yep, and 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 it's because he was the most interesting character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they didn't really do as much with him as I would have liked, he was very interesting. And he the so, so you know, villains can be made very interesting. Certainly, Darth Vader is very interesting, and and they're 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 working their way them you know to him. I mean, a lot of fans you know gave. Gave gave a lot of flack to Anakin as a teenager because like, oh, well, he's whiny, you know, and you know he's acting like a spoiled kid. Well, of course he's a teenager. That's what that's what they do. That's what we all did. Go, go back and look at, at at a New Hope and, and listen to Luke. Mm-hmm. I mean, he whines all the time.
0: Oh, Uncle well, Owen, I want to go be a Jedi. I, mean,
9: I mean, yeah. <laughs> he does. He whines. That's okay. That's part of his character. That's part of his growth arc. He goes from being a whiny teenager to becoming a Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, Anakin is, is is going down a long dark road and we all know it. Yeah. And you have to see flashes of, of the reason of you know of what what part of this problem is and part of it is his temper. Yes. Yeah, you can you can see he has a blackness within him and well if that doesn't set you up for the dark side of the force, I don't know what does.
7: <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take a pretty good guess and say that you don't really follow spoilers?
9: No. Most of the time, if I want to see something or read something, I don't, I don't follow spoilers.
7: Okay. okay, that's pretty good. Um, if you had another chance to write a Star Wars novel, what stories would you like to tell, apart from making of a lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> any, any characters in particular that you'd like to explore and or develop?
9: Uh, you know, I think it would be fun to, to go with people that I've created. Uh, I would like to have a story where uh, Guri and Dash Rendara get together and do things. Okay. And, and they run into to some of the original characters again. I think that would be personally fun to do. Um, you know, if if I were given a choice of any Star Wars story to write at all, it would be the movie that's coming out,
0: yeah. <laughs>
9: <laughs> not not the novelization. You know, that's connected to it, but 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 the but the script itself, because okay. that would be a real challenge to write something that you know that that dark and that with that many expectations laid upon it and make it good. You know, you could fail, but it would you know it would really Really take a a good swing at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think probably there's a lot of characters that I think are are interesting, but of course the ones that that I've created, the ones that Michael and I created, um, we we have a certain proprietary interest in, uh, and we we sort of feel like you know I wouldn't mind doing a you know a story with a young Yoda, um, just because I always found Yoda an interesting character, and you know what was he like when he was 15. Mm Was he a, a nasty teenager? I mean, there's you know, always those questions that come up you know, that would be fun to explore.
8: Well, the call is out, if any Lucas Sim <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <time>. yeah, I'm <laughs> waiting for the knock on the door any moment. <laughs>
7: um, what projects are you working on right now or actually planning?
9: Uh, currently, I'm writing two books. One is a, a distant prequel to a series that I wrote some years back uh, about... A group of interstellar bodyguards called the Matadors. Uh, They were space opera, Um, you know, a lot of 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 action and and adventure and and martial arts and sex and you know, good good, good clean fun. Uh, And I I had I created in that series a martial art called the Ninety Seven Steps. And I always wanted to go back and show how I came up with the martial art. So that's that's what I'm working. It's called the Musashi Flex. And I don't know when it'll be out because I'm finished writing it yet, yeah, but probably at the, the end of 2005. Okay. I am also working on another Tom Clancy novel with uh with Larry Segriff and, and um, um, Deep Chenick, um, which is which is, oh, I guess probably number nine or number ten. Number ten, I think. Okay. Um, those are the those are the books I'm working on. Michael Reeves and I are working on a couple of things together, some short stories. And uh, I'm working on a movie script with Mike in A Dark Horse, which is a haunted house novel. Oh. A kind of a haunted house story, but, you know, it's not a novel, it's a, a script.
7: Okay. Sounds interesting.
9: Oh, yeah. Never a dull moment.
7: <laughs> is there anything that you would like to promote to our listeners right now? If there's, like, any books they should go buy? buy uh, oh, they should buy, buy you. them all.
9: <laughs> 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 no, I, 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 th- I think... Uh, I think the Star Wars fans know what they like, and, and uh, there's no need to point them at any Star Wars material. Uh, a lot of people—I've gotten thousands of fan letters over the years on, on Shadows, and it seems like uh, MidStar is doing pretty well. Everybody's not happy with it, but by and large, most people seem to have enjoyed it. At least what we've read, and, and yeah, people would like to read it. I'd, I'd be happy. Yeah. With it.
8: It's a character novel,
0: so it is.
9: It is. It is. If, if you go expecting a lot of. Uh, a lot of battles and, and uh, uh, explosions, you won't find them. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're interested in reading something, it's, it, it's, a, it's a character story. It's, it's a little uh, quieter. And it's not perfect because Michael and I are not perfect writers. But we, you know, we did the best we could and, and we had fun. And uh, we, we think we served the, the Star Wars audience pretty well with what we did.
7: Cool. Is that actually something you take very much to heart, The uh, the, the fan reviews?
9: Well, I I do I do take the fans very much hard I, the, the really hardcore fans the ones who know what color the lint was in Mara Jade's pocket on Tuesday I don't worry too much about them because I can't please please people who are who were who are that much into the, the universe because they they have it they have already have an idea of how things should be and it's very hard to to uh, to please them they you know they know more about it than you do frankly uh, certainly than most writers do and I'll be the first to admit that but. But it's 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 a Star Wars fan who reads it because he or she loves the Star Wars universe, and they just you know they just can't get enough of. it. That's who we write for,
0: yeah. Who
9: who really enjoy it, and that's that's who most fans are. Most of the fans that I've met or talked to or, or exchanging that with are really good people. They really enjoy what 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 the universe is all about, and they're that's who you that's who you want to please. You want people to read it and go, wow, he did a good job. I really like this book. The people who are who are obsessive about anything, and unfortunately, Star Wars has some of those in it, uh, to the point where. And I'll give you a quick story. I know you're running out of time. When when I first started writing Shadows of the Empire, uh, the rumor was out that I was writing before I had ever written any of it. It, was, it appeared online. I think it was on AOL. A note that said, "Oh, bad news, folks. Steve Perry is writing Shadows of the Empire." Oh. Well, I'm being killed, and I haven't even written it yet. Um and 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 it was like, wow, you can, you're not even gonna give me a chance he's gonna she's gonna call me out before I come to bat yeah. and i I think the the problem that you run into when when you have people who who are really deeply into something is that they have an idea how it should be uh and if you if you don't put it the way that they they think it should be, then they just don't approve
0: mm-hmm.
9: uh and that's i mean it's that's, that's, you can't too bad, yeah. learn to lot. Learn like you can't please all the people all of the time. Yeah. So you please as many as you can.
7: Nice. So now is the infamous time. Every guest that comes on this show has to go through this very uh, heartful deal that is the Star Wars on Direct Liner.
9: Oh, yes,
0: yes.
7: <laughs> oh,
9: yes, yes. This is where I say, uh, Hi, I'm Steve Perry, co-author of the MedStar Duology, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct.
7: Should we actually just do it like one (laughs) more time just to be safe? (laughs) Oh, you mean like that? Yeah, that was perfect.
8: (laughs) Go ahead one more time.
9: Hi, I'm Steve Perry, co author of the Midstar duology, and you're listening to Star Wars on Direct.
7: That's just perfect. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much to all the fans who actually uh, took the time to. Listen to us tonight in this very, very nice interview with Steve Perry. Uh, We'll be right back right after this very nice little musical break. Uh, Steve, you can stay on the line. And uh, right now we're going to go listen to 1985, Bowling from Sue.
4: At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey preconfigured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hello, I'm Garrett Hagen, big stock writer from
1: Star Wars A New Hope. You're listening to Star Wars on p
7: And we are back on Star Wars under the voice of Star Wars fandom. Uh, thank you for those of us who are still with us. And it uh, was a long and interesting interview. That's the, it was very nice. Uh, I'm actually gonna go straight into the emails, and uh, after that we can for the main subject. That's it for the main subject, <laughs> <laughs> which no, ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't Steve Perry. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe.
8: <laughs> no, but he, he's very uh, talkative, talkative, and he, he really knows the Star Wars universe.
7: He really knows what he's talking about yeah. Which is a very good thing So uh, Jordan sent us this very nice email I've just seen a trailer on the Star Wars website For Revenge of the Sith And it is magnificent It shows all of the bits that you want to see Even the first pictures of Darth Vader It also shows Palpatine with a saber and Wookie army This is the best trailer I've ever seen And I would give it 5 gold stars Gold stars 5 gold stars It's, it's nice and uh, we have Heather, who uh, who's actually from Montreal. What? Yeah, Heather Coulter, who's from Montreal. And she sent, she sent us this very nice email. Hi. Uh, I thought that the teaser trailer was incredible. My heart was pounding from the moment the Lucasfilm sign came on the screen to the end. I was glad that I taped it as it needs to be watched multiple times for the full effect of the film to sink in. I thought that it was the best teaser for the entire prequel trilogy, and now I cannot wait for the movie to come out. I think that Revenge of the Sith will live up to the hype surrounding it and that Star Wars fans will not be disappointed when it hits the theaters. The only sad part for me is that it is promoting the final Star Wars movie. That's the only part that sucked for me.
8: TV show, TV show. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, we have... Wow, that's... A long email? At the, I'll, I'll come back. Okay. <laughs> um... There's uh, Chad, who's, uh, who thinks that the ROTSR was fantastic, he was amazed that they actually showed Anakin and his full Vader get up in the preview. Uh, this is the beginning of the end, indeed, it is. In more ways than yes. one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the teaser trailer so much. I can't get enough of it. Play it over and over. Favorite part was Anakin and his new Sith eyes. I'm hoping that they stay for for sometimes for some time in the movie. Mm. It also makes me wonder if it's just a dream he has or foreseeing his future. Oh, that's, that's that would be a good idea. That's actually that's that's yeah. Good. Because
8: when he's fighting, you he don't see the the red eye So yeah. maybe it's not edited yet. And uh, he has
7: nightmares in episode
5: two. Yeah, we don't see them, but in the yeah. spirit.
7: Who knows? what well, we will see in episode three.
5: It could be just like a flame on type thing. Yeah, As- yeah. Know, like, yeah. Ah. yeah.
7: It also makes me wonder if it's just a dream he has, or if blah blah blah. that was also a surprise to me, along with Sidious having a sit lightsaber, big freaking smile. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, the trailer rocks. And now back to the very long one. <laughs> The teaser for... It comes from Kenobi. And uh, the teaser for Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith really caught me by surprise. I it first on morning television here in Australia. Oh, so it's the guy from Down Under. When it was here, they actually showed the history of Star Wars first to show that was simply no johnny come flash in a pan movie. As long as a... F- as a long-time fan of the saga, it made me proud and brought warm feelings to my heart. Then came the moment we've all been waiting for. The... Teaser. It all happened so fast like a car crash. Only beautiful. So many new things to look at, so many questions to be answered. The marriage, of, the marriage of footage between previous films and the upcoming one was not only a brilliant idea, but also gave the average viewer that this is a saga of immense dimensions and goes deeper than just your average shoot-em-up flick of the moment. Seeing the lava explosion for the very first time in a Star Wars movie confirms what I had thought about all those years after reading the Return of the Jedi novelization in 1983. The whole Molten Pit idea was going to be used. What is also great is that George is going to use an idea that he had for the very first Star Wars film, A New Hope, the inclusion of the Wookiee planet of Kashyyyk. The Wookiees look incredible, and I simply cannot wait to see this great battle with the Stormtroopers up there on the silver screen.
8: People who play Battlefront, Mm -hmm. the background you see uh in the trailer, in the trailer, it's pretty much the same that it is in Battlefront. So maybe it will. You see, there's a beach in Battlefront and everything, and you see like background things. Let me let me guess the
7: name of that beach. (laughs) Onuž. I don't know. (laughs) Why not? And uh, the city is going to be called, like, Epiad. Something like that. <laughs> the w- uh, the wiki do look incredible, nice, and I think that way to see this great battle of Stormtroopers up there on Silver Screen. I think the pivotal moment of the trailer is actually going to become the moment that will define the saga as a whole. Lord Vader. Yes, Master. Rise.
8: And there's n- not even an image. Images there. And Just the, the voice. And character.
7: there it goes, like, boom, boom. <sighs> and that's when you feel like this distinct feeling in your left mm-hmm. arm and you go oh, I think I'm going to have a heart attack
8: <laughs> for those who saw the, the teaser in the theaters this part when uh, Puppetin and Verder are talking it's incredible it, it vibrates it just, it, through your body
7: <laughs> it rivets you to your seat yeah. it, that's the only thing to say it rivets you to your seat this thing it is riveting very <laughs> 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 this thing caused my eyes to water and my heart to rise into my throat Seeing Darth Vader was much an incredible moment for me. I think this scene could rival the I Am Your Father scene in Empire. I just hope to God that it hasn't been seen seen too soon and will have the same effect on me come May 19, 2005. I think it will when seen within the context of the whole movie. I think we can honestly say here at Star Wars on that you don't have to be afraid. With the whole context, you'll like it as well. Seeing Archidious with a lightsaber is almost like George Lucas stealing my dreams from me at night. I've often wondered if Palpatine had ever used a lightsaber, and my line of thinking is that he would have to. If he were a Sith Lord, which indeed he is. That image of Sidious in the trailer has to be the most diabolically evil and wicked things I've ever seen in my life. I was simply awestruck, and had no idea what George meant when he said this film would be very, very dark. I think freaking dark (laughs) (laughs) I think this film Will will give the saga The edge it needs To work as a whole In conclusion This is the one Fans have been waiting To see episode 1 And 2 Were a fantastic addition To the saga But Revenge of the Sith Is the one to bridge The gap from the prequels To the original trilogy It appears to have All the drama Emotion Action And darkness Needed to make This whole thing work And I know it will As I have in George Lucas And his people At ILM I want this one to silence those P- those prequel trilogy haters and stupid windbag win- movie. Critics who are obviously paid by the companies to talk certain films up. I grew like weary from hearing the same repeated nonsense about the films. Now it's time for George to have a little revenge of his own. <laughs> the force is with him. There you go. Cool. Nice email. Good luck, mate. <laughs> it's really nice. Right now on the webcam you can see like Angel Brian, yes. <laughs> the way <you laughs> the aura, <laughs> there's an aura of light glowing around your head, dude.
8: <laughs> so. Yeah, I really uh, like the teaser. Uh, like my my brother said, yes, there's a lot of head turning that that's pointless, basically. It's just to show the characters, you know. But the uh like the duel, uh, you know, you see Mustafar. Uh, with uh, Padme's uh, starship, and you know, cool. You did one word, <laughs> cool.
7: It's like that's it. That that's what says it all.
8: And you get the scene with the the two starship. You, the first idea that you you gave to us was the like buccaneer ship. Yeah, just parallel shooting at each other.
0: Yeah, you know.
7: that that was indeed very nice. So I think okay. like Brian won.
5: <laughs> cool. That's what you wanted to hear.
7: It's it it's <laughs> What can what, yeah. what can you say? But
8: it, like it, 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 the last email we 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 read explains it all. You know, I really like the the first part, like the
7: the, the old movies.
8: You see uh, what Obi Wan tells, tells Luke. It's the explanation of the prequel. So, Erim is saying that with images now that they, that exist from the two first movie. It's cool.
7: It's mm-hmm. just like even much more appealing to the Jedi teaching.
8: Yeah, really liked it.
7: You, Brian? I think Brian loves it. I really something.
5: enjoyed it. It was really cool. Yeah. My brother said... I don't really have much to say. It's, you've said it. <laughs> My brother said... Uh, well, you have to say th- that he's unspoiled.
8: Yeah, but... Uh, from wh- his comments that he said... He said that the guy who made the teaser... Seems not to know if it, he was making a teaser or a trailer. Because... Uh, the the, uh, the Not the hype, but the uh, rising...
7: Rising point.
8: No, it, yeah, it should have ended with Vader. rising and right the tail. rising and stop it right there, because you know that something was coming up, some some something really cool, and you couldn't tell yeah, what it was. Yeah, you couldn't tell what it was. That's a teaser. You stop it there. You don't show anything else. <laughs> now pe- people would be pissed, and but that's a teaser. No, but, but actually,
7: what what the guy actually shown. Is really teasing us badly, because you see those images and you go like, "What the heck is that? What the? Why? What? 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 Where? 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 Where do all those wookies come from? Why does he have like yellow and red contact lenses?
8: (laughs) You're there with the lightsaber again.
7: (laughs) Mace Windu stopping a red lightsaber. that?
8: Why? What? What?
7: Was like. Of course, you have to go, like, frame by frame if you really, really want yeah, to It's one
8: frame we see the red lights One frame.
7: Yeah. It's... Oh! I can't wait. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting. Which,
7: which was like very, 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 very... Very, yeah. very long to practice for those two. I guys. was lucky.
8: Yeah, I, w- I was... Uh, I think I, I probably was one of the first to download it. I was... Uh, back here, just before going to the hospital for a checkup, and I was—I I had my coat on, ready to to go to the door, and I was refresh, refresh, refresh. It, oh, it came up, download, take did, did, didn't take one
7: minute, and I just—and then, oh the site went down. <laughs> that is that is actually something that is being sort of a good news, and making us more and more wary about Lucasfilm and all their partners. Because the same thing happened for the Star Wars Celebration 3 tickets. This is actually, in a way, meaning that Star Wars fandom is growing yeah. and growing.
8: But for Celebration, it wasn't on the Gen Con It server? was on the Gen Con servers. Yeah, that's maybe and why it crashed.
7: StarWars.com, the StarWars.com servers have yet not failed... ...to actually download anything. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even tell me about the Clone Wars first episode... Yeah, ...because they was were not... ...it, it, was it like wasn't that. Cartoon Network servers. Yeah. So...
5: Look at someone's very smart about where they put their stuff, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's not us, <just> it's them. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, actually, like, anytime they actually... ...there is actually something that downloads from the StarWars.com website is very good. But that... ...the day the trailer came out... ...we were actually working, me and Brian, together... And every like five minutes was like, So, is it up now? Is it is it up yet? Is, is it, it yet? Up, yet? It's up yet? So, it's really at like 3 o'clock here, some, sometime it was around. was at 1 o'clock. Yeah. 1 o'clock here? Yeah, but we were working. Because we were working, and yeah. I checked it up at 3 o'clock, no. and the site was down, no. and there was absolutely nothing I could do about <laughs> it.
8: No, we, I was on the clan, there were 75 people in that t- uh, minus one minute on the clan. The red names? Yeah. It was that big. With it was incredible. It's about 5 inches big. Yeah. The uh, and, and they line were line 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 they were all waiting for the trailer, like if would give them the link or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
7: Or put up a news like, the trailer's out. Yeah, no,
8: uh, th- that was programmed for 1 o'clock. That's we, it. we knew it was coming out at 1 o'clock. So, I just pressed Actual. No. And I just said okay. it in the forum. It's up. Download it. Look at, at it twice. Go to the... Uh, you know, to be my checkup, and you came go. back yeah, and checked it the, a couple of times over. So I would it. have just downloaded it, picked up my laptop, watched it a million times. I should have done that because I waited and waited.
7: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you watch it like once, and then you have to go to your checkup, and you're like, "Damn, what was that again?" No, <laughs> and now you ha- you're making up those mo- those images in your in your mind, and you're like, "That was freaking cool!" <laughs> like rising on the table, great Lord Vader, rise. <laughs> um,
5: some t- I usually I don't really post on uh, the VSQ, uh website, mm-hmm. but um, Kevin Smith actually commented on, on the teaser trailer. Okay, it's very simple. Can't fucking wait. Looks fantastic.
8: There you go, but he maybe I've sold this soul to the not the devil, but to, uh, uh, <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> let's let's think
7: this. Let's think about this backward. E-bashed magnolia,
5: but, but also, <laughs> also he created the thread, and the title yeah. was links to episode three trailer, and the and the first the body of the text. Who's got him? <laughs> 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 so there you go <laughs> There you go yeah.
7: I think he was I think he wanted that We'll, we'll see what side he falls on Cool no, I, I was
8: very happy to Not have any problems With the, the trailer But it didn't take An hour And it was all over the web Yeah that's Even with point. the hyperspace logo Yeah You know it's
5: Peer uh, yeah. to peer yeah. They were uh, uh, They were policing Heavily Every website. Mm-hmm. Live journals everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And a lot of places got shut down. I actually Without heard,
7: I actually heard that theforge.net and joeblow.com had their frame-by-frame uh, frame, uh, pictures, eh? pictures removed from their website.
8: You have to know how to fly under the radar.
7: Now, we don't know what this means. Nope. <laughs> That was a that was an air blank. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. So um
5: it's not dead air if we mean to put it there. Yeah.
7: There you go. <laughs> no, it's think. <laughs> think. Think think like figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Someone figure it out. Please. <laughs> now, uh I guess I don't think there's really that much more to say. No. In all honesty. No, now, and
8: now given it away, it's way yeah. mm-hmm. now it's available for everyone, so
7: that's but it.
5: But there's no super extra big size. Not yet, no They they were planning for a mega big full screen size or something?
7: Of course there's not going to be like a mega big full screen size on StarWars.com
5: Guys, what I did is I took, uh, I used VLC mm -hmm. and I put full screen It's only a square time, it's not as nice VLC blew it up beautifully
7: Yeah. Well actually, can I just like break the code right here And break the StarWars.com term of use which we've grown accustomed to by now, this weekend we are at a convention as we were saying earlier And being a Star Wars fan base that is very present in our community We actually shown the, uh the, teaser, trailer. the teaser trailer all weekend and long on our computer
8: It's available on the, for the public now That's so it No problem
7: so I don't really mind using it if, if you want to sue, sue me for publicizing your movie <laughs> <Mainline>. <laughs> You have my address <laughs> you, you know where to find me there was a lot of people at the convention who didn't saw it yet that's it and they loved it very much we had like tons of incredible comments and <gasps> oh oh, oh my shit only <laughs> <laughs> and uh you you tra- know
8: cranked the volume because it was a little bit higher the volume that's, that's it
7: the, uh, and, and when it, it was actually it very fine on quick time I didn't find
5: it on my computer I turn I turn, close the lights put on my sound system all the way up to the max. <laughs> exactly. The house right. was shaking. Yes.
0: <laughs> you were alone, weren't you?
5: No? No. no. When you're that's, that's you actually how I showed my sisters. They were like <gasps> oh, 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 oh oh And then my then I like then she's like then my my brother who's like spoiler free said so, Ow. Oh. We have to discuss this. <laughs> he's no, spo- uh, he's not
8: spoiler-free anymore. No, mm, he's he's, yeah, hurt he's, some slip he's slipping to the dark side. He's slipping, but he's trying to like
5: I don't want to know too much.
7: That's it, as as least as possible.
5: But my other sister's like, okay, tell me everything.
7: When is that? When is that? Exactly. What's, that? That's <laughs> it. What's happening? Is yeah. that gonna be? what we think it's gonna be
8: and we even have an hardcore non-sporter fan not my brother yeah JL, Michael yeah he, he told me that he, he wasn't gonna check the trailer yeah and, and he slipped
7: and he slipped uh, and that dead. was a, a slip big time you know it's like when you're gonna do what you did again mm-hmm. don't send them the email don't tell him that it's online you, mu- you must like you actually send him an email it's like do not go to this address, and give <laughs> the <laughs> 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 no, it was
5: for the staff. For the it? staff, apparently there. Are, uh, I read on uh, Millennium Falcon. There's there's a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to verify it yet. But um, that there, we will get another trailer in uh, early January. Oh,
8: so three trailers. Well, well, if you we look at episode two, we got, the we first. The first was the DVD. No, you the know, first was skills like. Uh, no, the well, no, if the you look at it this way, we actually reading.
7: have we actually have two by by the time it's like right now.
8: Yeah. So no, the first one was that when uh, episode one came out. There was hours a. a, was a and B. Yeah. Right. Now mm. it was it was called choices. Okay. It, it, it was six yeah. stills from episode two. After that we got breeding. Yeah. And after that we got mystery was uh, another the DVD. DVD another DVD one and after that we got uh, Forbidden Love and Clone Wars there was
5: there were five actually there were five yeah, yeah.
7: Th- there was a there was a lot of trailer for episode one even if you look at but it but
5: the best trailer so. I think for any movie has to be a teaser trailer and trailer was The Phantom Menace they made a good they made the first teaser was the they made the movies look amazing yeah, they did. They did exactly what Trailer was supposed to do. Now the movie, that was whether it was yeah. good or not, eh, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. enough. No, the the, the the
8: the first teaser for episode one, you know, every the, generation has a legend. The one beginning in the fog. With the yeah, the, the, This was uh, with the hype that was growing at this at that point. Everybody just. Oh <laughs> yeah. I I, I no remember actually I, I oh. actually
7: remember watching that trailer in loop about over a hundred times at EmpireCon yeah. on the big screen and, there w- and I was sitting right next to this girl and we would actually quote it exactly at the same time and we just like it was so funny I went but it for- was a shared moment. it was a shared moment Melanie if you're still out there hi it was great I <laughs> hope to hear from you by episode 3 be nice. Um, actually, the, uh, the my favorite trailer that ever actually came out for any Star Wars movie was One Destiny by Qui Gon Jim
8: No, but that, that they was made a TV commercial. Th- they
7: made all those TV commercials. TV spot, yeah. yeah, they made all those TV spots. But like that particular TV spots was so go- so great. Mm-hmm.
8: So if we check for Attack of the clone, we we had five different.
7: Uh, trailers previews
8: previews yeah, that's it so we only got one yet for episode 3
7: actually two if you count, if you count the um the the the, the return of the Vader on the dvd
5: yeah. that's more of a making of but i would say the first 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 teaser we ever got was back in black yeah but yeah Marketing video Yeah
0: <laughs> We're just so never right. Going to make it In the list
5: Oh god <laughs> was they, Like they one year ago they, it they, was it they, One year ago It was in January Yeah I I think they should Put that that on like An easter egg On the DVD Just back in black They can Like just to confirm it Just to, on some level mm-hmm. No
7: I, they should actually Put it like to the On the hyperspace they, Video no, they, can't, they can't
5: They don't own the rights To the song They, they don't have the right To use the song
7: no. Don't put uh, don't put the vo- don't put the song and just tell the people like, put that song right next to it. <laughs> You'll see, it's really cool. You start like that song now.
5: <laughs> start back and
7: black. No, 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 no. But it's you like know. you have, you you actually insert those twenty four frames in QuickTime. It's like start back, it back in black and black. Wow,
8: we actually <laughs> put back in black in our Star Wars: 100 DVD. Yes, we did. It was really cool. The, the, the yeah, I know the, the song music. I Hi, this is Sebastian. I uh, was <laughs> under it. And it's a picture too. <laughs> there will be at some point uh, a smaller version, downloadable version of that that we will put on the I could site
5: tonight. <laughs> Actually, I will.
8: Cool. Because a lot of people didn't see it yet. That's true. You will see me with my big accent. Not knowing what to say and, you know... Like, you know, like what I'm, I'm trying to screwed. say is... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: I'm screwed with that parody.
8: <laughs> nice. No, so I'm
7: the screwed one because I sound like my heart nemesis. Yeah. I sound like Triumph the Insult. <laughs> so now our next show should, well, well, should be November 28, 2004. Uh, not should, because... Will be. Yeah. Will be, because as I was saying earlier, we will be having the very great honor of interviewing Cameron Travis, who is the writer of Hard Contact.
8: Republic Commando Hard Contact.
7: That's so good so far. It is so good.
8: So you will buy the game?
7: I so want to, but I ha- I know... You I need
8: to buy a computer first?
7: No, I should do now. I, I actually, I have a computer okay. that I will run games, But the thing is that I don't have the time.
5: Yeah. Same here. I have nights nice for old republic. I have a bunch of new games since I got my new computer,
7: and they're still wrapped up in there. Yeah, like exactly. It's like like I I've, I've
5: had Halo since January last year, and I love the game. I adore it. I haven't played since June.
7: But you've watched like the red versus blue no, episodes I've, all over. I've watched
5: <laughs> <one>.
7: <laughs> These I things are play. so great. You know
5: have you played Halo and you love those things?
7: No, but I love Red vs. Blue because it's so funny. <laughs> now, if you have any comments on the show that you would like to make suggestions for upcoming subjects, please send an email to studio at swendirect.com. If you like the show, we suggest that you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best publicity we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. We're serious about this. Yes. Very serious. Not only about bringing a friend to the next show, but actually sending us ideas because this is your show people you want to know what you want to talk about that's it if it's like how do i make my own lightsaber help yeah, we i'll give you classes but
8: we didn't have the time to take calls sadly sadly, sadly okay. today
7: we were we're going over time right now so
8: oh one thing we didn't mention the, the freaking Ewok you say in the explosion In the trailer Actually that's, like on,
7: that's on TFN humor It's like somebody showed show this to me If you're the TFN humor you'll see At like the very one, Some of the very last frames of the teaser trailer In the explosion you can actually see An Ewok it's, it's the head of a new one.
5: Also, you know what? When the teaser, when the poster? teaser poster came out, people started seeing Boba Fett, Darth Sidious, all that kind of. Grievous. No, thing. but the Ewok no, that is isn't there. Look, look, look! It's there. Okay, no, Brian. You know what somebody did? They took a picture of Jar Jar and put it in and Supreme. Oh yeah, look! I saw Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah. no, I
7: know, <laughs> I know, and that that's stupid. But honestly, if you go on TFN humor you take a look at the picture, and you take quick time, and you you run it right next to it, you will see the damage. You, you show it at. to
8: me, and me and Stephanie, and we didn't see anything at the convention when you saw it, frame by frame.
7: It is so there.
8: You're halluc- hallucinating, man. Now, I'm not the one
7: hallucinating. This TFN's hallucinating. But it's one of our sponsors, so we can say they're hallucinating.
5: Yes, we can. <laughs> I just did. Yeah.
7: <laughs> so let's thank them, actually. Let's thank uh, sitland.net...
5: Yes, let's think.
7: Because it's really a very nice website and they have very nice the best, the best files w- and archives yeah. to lots of images and yeah. stuff.
8: The best French website and probably better than most English websites. Oh,
7: that's that. You're you're mm-hmm. cocky, man. You're getting cocky. No, there. But do you think so? I can't say yes. We're neutral.
8: <laughs> no, there's a lot of things that you can
5: see the there. When you're, when you're on the same server, on the same hard drive, yes. you're allowed to be partial.
7: Okay, well, yeah, Citlan is like better than that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like in terms of French website, we're really at the top. And in terms of English website, I don't really want to fight it because some of them are really, really good out there. And Citlan is lacking, is still lacking some parts of those websites because we just don't have the time nor manpower. that Nor the
8: community
7: no, no, we actually... The, the we have, we right? have a community.
8: Yeah, no, but They're I just d-
7: too lazy to participate no, 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 in building no. that website.
8: The, the, the quantity of people in the community, that's what I was... Yeah, there there is like... We a don't have like their, their,
5: their numbers. In,
7: uh, Come in on, a couple of hundred thousand people is not like that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: okay, I found this supposed... Ewok picture And I'm going to put it In the chat For all those people Who are interested And
8: you I want to see it. that Because we, Is there outline Or something Yeah you,
7: you see oh, it man. Not really You'll see it Anyhow uh, While kids doing that uh, I'm going to thank Also Legends Action Figures And SW- SWredemption.com Our web host, of course, simple-net.ca who was with us this weekend. Thank you very much. Uh, Our partners, furryconflict.com, Trek Wars, the furryconflict audio drama, episode3.net, Targ, Millennium Falcon, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars, Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target, T-Bone, Star Wars Universe, and the Galactic Sent Message Boards, available at com and starwarsfanworks.com, the home of Star Wars <laughs> And Odia. <audio. laughs> like the guys Are looking at me right now And i like, He's fucking crazy
8: <laughs> He is Yeah It could be the devil It could be Mickey Mouse You know Whatever It doesn't look like Mickey Mouse It, hey, lo- I it actually I Darth Vader it looks
5: I see Yoda Hey check it out It's Yoda
8: Dude I know Look at this Yeah, You get the V there That's a clone trooper man On the side Like this yeah, I you think I see the of fat. And you see the V there
7: <laughs> You know what Be blinded I don't yeah. <laughs> I see it And forever will I But there was a devil in that smoke In that smoke thingy from the 9 Yeah, and you fires. play
5: rock records backwards You hear the devil's messages You do Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay
7: In any case Ladies and gentlemen Today we learned that You must not actually believe All of what you see So for Star Wars Undirect, this is Sebastian, Brian, and Danny saying see you next time on Star Wars Undirect, the voice of Star Wars fandom.
4: This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swanzehick.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars.
2: Cyclean.net, c'est. Les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs mm-hmm. dossiers sur la saga. Des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Mm-hmm. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Mm-hmm.
4: Plusieurs mm-hmm. concours mm-hmm. ouverts au Québec mm-hmm. et en Europe. Et bien plus encore.
2: Ne resistez pas à la tentation options. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net.
4: Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join your fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective Forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target.
3: StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound.
2: Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums, over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the Internet, theforce.net, for your daily dose of Star Wars.
0: Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while.